Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Dude, I have a great idea for the 30-day tribute to Vincent Price. We should have a fucking seance and get Vincent Price. Dude, you can't do a seance on the internet. Why not? That's how you get laid. All right, let's just fucking try this. Close your eyes, conjure up the spirit world and shit. Wait, I think it's working. Is that you, Vincent? Yes, and I hope you all appreciate it. So, Vince, what do you think about joining us for the 30 Days of Douchebaggery? They assured me that I would be amongst my peers. Some peers I seem to have wound up down at the dock. I never knew I had so many inferiors. <laughs> have you ever seen so many cultural dropouts in your life? Completely devoid of culture. They have no savoir faire, and I doubt if they even have bus fare. I didn't realize he listened to the douchecast. That's right, bitches. The douches are back with a brand new 30 Days of Douchebaggery. 30 days, 30 shows honoring the great horror icon, Vincent Price. Check it out on iTunes or at douchecast5k.com. Listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. He died in my G fucking king of the zombies. Straight from horror to reality. Reality is chasing me. I got the same Revealing my location, my vocation at the moment is momentum Escaping the sensation of cerebrum and postmortem combination See, their kind of mastication focuses on my possession of gray matter calculation My cerebral playstation, obsession of the masses of confession to the classes Never wanted to be cast in role of appetite Fertilizer for the fermentation, I regret that this insanity Is cause of dementation of my psyche, it's just like me First I panic, then prevaricate, scary that I never heard a sage or prognosticate I didn't, I didn't see, see it coming Catch a gun and get me running As I'm shunning Shanley Stoker Cause I don't want to be done And by the dumb-headed undeaded can I bulk a dab As nothing matters Lost my mind to blab Another, Another zombie attack Nobody watching my back With all the allies I lack No time to plan Just react to the fact That this survivor has to go it alone I don't wanna be a hero I just wanna go home Another zombie attack They're lurking out in the black Now totally fracked The hungry leopards attract For the factions Here to hunt me on the streets Where I roam I don't wanna be a hero I just wanna go home See 
your behavior isn't malice. Just a virus and, and I'm callous. callous. Just like Alice through the looking glass. I'm out of gas and I'm a rat. So pass away for ambulators. Ravenous like alligators. Know their buff, they won't be catered. Though they'll likely catch their fast food weather now or later. Everyone is on behavior. Not a born exterminator. Terminating thanatoa. Threatening reanimated. Revenants that are postdated. Expired with coagulated humors. I'm not laughing at this joke that I'm enacting. My entrails are retracting to my throat. Legs promote me to remote locations. Lock the boats. I float up to salvation. To a nation lacking salivation. For my fleshy taste sensation. Patiently, I pilot my pontoon to protection. I escape the dead's detection. Defected this location on inspection. This locale is pure perfection. Their imperfect resurrection will not desecrate. Confiscate corporeal connection. Another zombie attack. Nobody watching my back. With all the islands I lack. No time to blend. Just react to the fact that this survivor has to go it alone. I don't want to be a hero. I just want to go home. Another zombie attack. The lurking out in the black. Now I'm totally wracked. Hungry leopards attract for the factions. Here to me on the streets where I roam. I don't want to be a hero. I just want to go home. Me and want brains, but zombies speak strange. Our vocabulary listeners are not really all that scary. We're just merely contrary to the theory that humanity is not free. Hunger pains are far from fleeting. All this is self-defeating, but you're fleeing, so we're moving, needing buns, we're fed and feeding. We'd be winded, but we're not really breathing. See, what's the need to set upon the population? Their distresses are digestion. I digress. Pause on this suggestion. The solution can be mutual. You're mortally unsavable. Terminal, retreatable. Our treats to the undead. Sick and dying are quite edible. We're amenable to compromise. Should you really be surprised since we arise? Losing simple things like fingers, toes, and eyes. So it's really not a bother to consume your husband's father. Whether he's a written toddlers or your elderly grandfather. Another zombie attack. Nobody watching your back. With all the allies you lack, no time to plan. Just react to the fact. Our breathing practice has to go it alone. We don't want to eat a hero. We just want an abo. Another zombie attack. We're lurking out in the black. Now you're totally fractured. End of thermics attract further factions. Here to haunt you on the streets where you roam. We don't want Eat a hero, we just want an album. Oh, yeah, Death Star Bone Bat Show. Quick in the Dead. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 77 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? You got company? Wasn't that fucking awesome? Death Star in the house for that, Halloween. That is awesome. Yeah, what's up, guys? So good to have you back, man. Oh, we are excited to be back here on the close enough to the one-year anniversary of us saying our album would be out soon. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you drag it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we take our time. We're perfectionists. We don't show up to record stuff. You know, that kind of stuff. We're professionals. I got it. I got it. Yeah, you don't show up to record stuff incorrectly. Well, exactly. Why throw down terrible tracks? Instead, don't write them. At all. <laughs> I understand Bill Beats brooks no bullshit in the studio, right? Uh, no, no. I mean, if we answer the phone wrong, he's like, okay, that's it. It's going to be another month. I can't talk to you. <laughs> this is true. This is quite true. Yeah. Bill Beats, as your audience may remember, the mute of the band. <laughs> yes. we, we had surgery to correct that and gave him a personality on me. <laughs> and, uh, Did now, you install now he a speaking spell? Or what did you do there? <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, we, we got one of those hookups, those uh, Stephen Hawking uh, speech hookups for him, but uh, he won't use it. He just is like, no, no, I'm just talking to the mic now. It, it doesn't turn on. You didn't get batteries for it. Yeah, it, Batteries are your responsibility. But can I, <laughs> do I have to think of everything? Am I the only one who, every time the word batteries comes up, is reminded of the film Batteries Not Included? 
Yes. Yes. That's sad. I, I just, I just, no batteries. Batteries not included, and I got so nostalgic for just a moment. Continue your on-topic. I, I don't even know which one that is. Is I'm just, that the one with Ali Sheedy? It's or the is one with the little circuit? tiny. No, it's the one with the little the tiny, uh, tiny little like flying I, I saucer know it's robots. Don Amici at the diner, and like there's the cute little scene where they're grilling hamburgers, and one of the little baby robots gets confused for a hamburger. Like, oh, and and like okay. the the, the yeah, tenant yeah. building is going to get shut down. Yeah, it's an adorable film. <laughs> Am I the only one that when they hear the name Stephen Hawking, they immediately think Stephen Hawking up a loogie? <laughs> yes, yeah. but not anymore. Okay. <laughs> I am How with would that you sound? And that's pretty much how everything he says sounds at this point. Except more intelligent. <laughs> Not as many holes in his theories. Yeah, like the he's like the Muppet version of Stephen Hawking. Yeah. If he was on the Muppets, if the Muppets were cruel like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a puppet that doesn't move. Yeah. Animal had a debilitating disease. That doesn't need a hand. That doesn't need anything. It just you hold the puppet up, and that's it. I could do that shit. All right, gentlemen. Well, for the listeners who didn't join us last time, why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm MC3PO, lead MC of Death Star. I hate you so much every time with that lead <laughs> MC of Death Star nonsense. Well, when it's not true, I'll stop saying it. You know what? Shut up. Gordon, <laughs> Gordon introduces himself as the bigger half of Bone Bat, so I understand completely, man. I, introduce, I know how you feel. I introduce Cosplay as my wife, so I know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm Cosplay, the other lead MC of Death Star. Debatable. Well, at least the one that people like. Uh, <laughs> the likable MC. Yeah, the friendly one without any... People didn't like Ty Cobb either. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now I am Bill Beats, the most talented person in Death Star. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. True facts. He knows how to work actual machinery. Uh, I'm not even really good at holding a microphone yet. Nope. Not so yet. Definitely One day. the most talented. At least the most educated in the ways of music theory. All right. Well, why, uh, why don't we do what we normally do at the start of each show? Death Star, what pisses you off? Okay, so I, I had a rant about this the other day on Facebook, and then I had the exact same rant on Nerdcore Now, so I am prepared. All right, look, here, here's the deal, people out there in the world, especially people on the Internet. I, I want you to hear this, and I want you to take it very seriously. I'm the nerdcore chaplain, and this is my sermon to you. <laughs> it is okay to not know things, to be unaware of something, to not know what a word means or who a person is that's being referenced or quoted or what a television show or a movie or a book is. Like, it's okay to not know these things. That's fine. And it's okay to admit that you don't know them. But if someone uses a word that you don't know or they reference a person that you don't know or a show you don't know on a forum or on Facebook or something, before you type, LOL, I don't even know who that is, RFMLAO, whatever, whatever the acronym the kids are using is these days, go look it the fuck up. You are literally sitting at a screen and a keyboard that, that has access to the most comprehensive knowledge base in the history of humanity. There is almost nothing out there that you cannot know within a few keystrokes. If you don't know the definition of a word, if you don't know a person being referenced, if you don't know something about a subject, before you make an ass of yourself, go look it the fuck up. Don't expect other people to do your homework for you. Stupidity is not a pretty color on anyone. And that pisses me off. 
Bravo. Thank wow. you. Thank Jeez. you. That was intense. I'm hot for teachers. Also, fuck cats. They're terrible pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most cats only hang out because they're broke. That's pretty much right. <laughs> Little jerks. Yeah, there's outdoor cats, and, and they're fine because that's pretty much like neighbors who come over to borrow a cup of sugar every once in a while. But indoor cats are your freeloading brother-in-law <laughs> who's sleeping on your couch. And he's like, I'm looking for a job, man, but I think my van's going to take off any day now. <laughs> Dude, have you heard my cat's band? They fucking rock. Oh, God, our cat. Bill Beats' cat is on our album a few places. Lazy MC Scrumble and his DJ Chairman Meow. You can hear him <laughs> in the background meow. every once in a while. Just We'll be rapping. There's a quick... That's, uh, that's him. He's got credentials. Nice. What about you, Steve? What pisses you off? Man? You know what? Actually, I kind of saved this for you guys because you're all fairly adept on the social media websites yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. Just a bit. What kind of pisses me off is the fact that I haven't been able to figure out any practical use for Google+. Plus. <laughs> Google+, Plus seems to me, if you are a guy who can write 8,000-word essays a day, you don't have a job or anything else where you have things to do, if you can do that... You can kick the shit out of Google+. People will read you all day long, and it's awesome. If you're me, who occasionally pipes in a thing, I don't know what to fucking do with Google+. I mean, you know, I, I kind of thought for a while that it's kind of like you can tell about what you're working on and be more conversational and more personal about it. And so I've been kind of trying to do that. Like, I'll post on Facebook, like the short, Hey, Bone Bat Show's out. And on Google+, Plus, I'll try to say, hey, Bone Bat Show's out, but, you know, this is what we were thinking, this is what we were working on, this was kind of fun because. And add a little more to it, a little more meat on the bones. But nobody gives a fuck. And, you know, it's it's not like Twitter where you can actually have conversations with people, it seems like. It's you hold forth and then people might comment or they might not. But I just, I haven't figured it out. I kind of have the hang of Facebook, I've got the hang of Twitter, but I just have zero you know, understanding of really how Google Plus is supposed to work. It's like a blog that you're accidentally subscribed to a ton of people on. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like, this is my blog, and for some reason I get updates from all these other crappy blogs. And then you realize that there's like a guy in Russia posting pictures every 15 minutes, but they they made it through my screen because 15 of my friends are all in the same circles with this guy. And so, okay, I ax him. Because he's, I'm seeing too much of him. Yeah, oh, God. and I just fuck you know, Alexi, I hate that guy. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I don't really know how to use it. I'm hoping you guys have some advice for me. Uh, Google Plus is, I think, for people that just want to hate all the time. Because the most I hear about Google Plus is on Facebook about Google Plus. And whenever we go over to Google Plus, I notice that I am even less interested in the status updates there than I am on Facebook. Which is already my homepage and something I need to resolve. So I think Google Plus is like this desperate cry for the haters. It's the same people that demand to use only Linux boxes. Well, I, I, I really think like it's all the people on Facebook who are like, guys, Facebook is so lame. Google Plus is so much better. I'm like, yeah, it's funny how you had to come to Facebook to tell us that. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one saw that on Google Plus. When you posted how great it was on Google Plus, a tree fell in the forest and, and then like you blogged about it. <laughs> what do you use Google Plus for? I still haven't even answered my invitation to join. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah, it was, somebody I know referred to it as Facebook Minus. 
<laughs> I, I thought that was fairly clever. Yeah, I don't know. Google Plus is... It was cool when it first came out. Was when it? it? When it was first like in beta form, and you're like, hey, I have a Google Plus account. Nobody else has one, but I have one. And it's like, well, do you use it? No, I don't use it. <laughs> but I have one, and then now it's like official, I guess. Is it? Is it officially launched now? Yes. Yeah, so now it's like there's really no point to go to it. Honestly, I'm 43 years old. If I'm on it, fucking everybody's got it. That is correct. That's true now. It's like yeah, the Philips CDI of, yeah, of, 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 of systems. But yes. still nobody uses it, really. So Yeah, nobody uses it. Because Facebook is there pissing us off with its updates, yet we still just keep going back to that I don't even like Twitter yet, so I'm not even ready for <laughs> Google+. Plus. Technophobic Bill okay. Beats, youngest person in this conversation. <laughs> I remember when MySpace was so much better than everything else. <laughs> what were you, like eight then? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, not even Tom uses MySpace anymore. Did you see that post? He was like, yeah, it's me, Tom, on Facebook. I have a Facebook account because I sold MySpace, and I don't like it anymore either. So it's like, good. They're glad to know you're with us, Tom. You can be my friend. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in with a less meaningful thing that pisses me off. Because okay, I've, I've been thinking off? about this all day. Which is upsetting in and, in and of itself. So as a overweight nerd that watches a lot of Star Trek, I have spent lots of time not with ladies. <laughs> and that means I've spent a lot of time with porn on the internet. And I like to watch a lot of porn. But uh, what I don't like about porn, and there's lots that I don't like about porn, but what I really hate about porn is I'll be watching porn, and it'll be heterosexual, male-on-female porn, and the guy will be on top. And then it pans the camera or cuts the camera shot to behind the dude, like where it's got his ass <laughs> and taint and balls just like popping. So, oh no, now I've got a vision. If you don't pretend like you haven't seen this, because anyone who's watched any amount of porn, this is like a go to shot. It's like instead of showing it from the side or being a close up on the female or just showing like the front, any other angle than taint ball ass crack <laughs> and you can tell how mean the director is by how closely he zooms on it it prevents me from buying a 3d hd television because i don't need that coming at me like that is like a frat joke that porn plays on me all the time and that's for nobody women don't watch that kind of porn most women aren't into porn for for just the hard penetration shots of it and even if they are Gay men are, are not like, oh, goody, a taint and balls just swinging <laughs> at me. Like, there, I've never met a human being that's been like, you know what I could use? Some more taint in and my porn. And they get artsy with the taint ball montage. Well, it's all, it's all like Vaseline screen, so it's soft focus. <laughs> they, they do the slow motion so you can really get the range of motion on the that ball undulation. <laughs> you can see where gravity took a hand in this porn film. Simple harmonic motion. That's it's, gravity's rainbow right there. It's the worst thing, and I believe that it's just a porn shot that is done because it's always been a porn shot that's been done, and so it's just one of those like histrionic sort of things. It's like, hold on, hold on. The editor of the porn is like, I'm not seeing enough ass crack taint ball in this porn. I want to smell the musk coming off this man as he gives it to this poor used up porn star. Where we have the foley audio of a boot stuck in the mud getting pulled. <laughs> 
I so, like yeah. your fanboy recuts though, uh, with all the ACTB removed. So <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that you went to the trouble of doing that. On literally thousands of hours of footage. Well, you're doing a public service. It's uh, God's up work. until Netflix started showing Star Trek on it. I had a lot of free time. Yeah, it's, he's releasing the League of Extraordinary Genitals redo, <laughs> the, the, the Steve Perry cut. <laughs> okay, I just me. think ACTB would be a great name for a cover band that sings about porn. That is amazing. You could just sing "Big Balls" as it stands. Yeah, over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Just that one song. Except instead of a metal version, it would be swing. Dirty dongs, done dirt cheap. Yeah, I'm all over it. I'm so, okay, Death Star is done. <laughs> ACTV. ACTV. I'm ACTV. down with that. You heard it here first. I want to I know what Bill Beats is angry about. What pisses you off, Bill Beats? As of late, they're the most recent upsetting thing that I ran into is shipping companies. And as I get older and realizing that buying things in stores is retarded... And if you buy things online, it's much cheaper. So I've been buying a lot of things online. And normally I buy from Amazon. And normally they ship well. Everything gets delivered. And then I recently bought something from AT&T. A new phone. And I'm not going to say what kind of phone it was. It starts with an I. iPhone, you fucking Apple whore. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll ship this to you. And we're going to ship it through FedEx. Steve Jobs is dead, by the way. Uh, This is true. You should not have that. I know, right? It it shouldn't have been released. They should have have decided to pull it. It's like white after Labor Day. (laughs) So they ship it with FedEx, and I've gotten FedEx maybe two, three times total ever. And so they ship it to me, and they notify me saying it was delivered. I go out there and check it, and it's not there. And then I remember, every time FedEx ships something to me, I never get it. Ever. They just can't do it. And I've decided that I hate FedEx as a company. And every time I order something from now on and it pops up saying that it's being delivered through FedEx, I'm just going to cancel it from the beginning and then just go to a (laughs) store and buy it. Because it is pointless to do anything through FedEx. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm upset about. We need to post a link to this show on their website. We should. Yeah. I will it's, say that I've noticed that FedEx tends to be the shipping company that will most often leave notes on my door when I'm home not delivering a package. I'm like, exactly. did you knock? Up to the door. Like, did Why you wait for me to sense your body heat outside? Like, literally one time, I heard a knock at the door, and uh, and I was asleep because it was 7 in the morning on a on a Saturday. So I, I, I woke up, and I, I got up and went downstairs, and I was down there within 30 seconds. And there was a note on my door saying that they had tried to ship the package to me, and they had failed, and the guy was gone. And I was like, you could not even have waited. You knocked. No one was there immediately, and so you stuck a note and took off. Uh, I having, bet he put the note first and then rang the doorbell and left. That's probably what he did. That, that's Having worked on the business uh, side of this you, from a business aspect, trying to get FedEx to do anything, uh, I used to have to help help them with locating a package because um, they used to ship cell phones through a company that's name rhymes with frugal. And, and so, like, someone would call us and be like, I didn't get my phone. And then we then communicate with FedEx about this. So their investigation process is quite literally, you call them and say, this person didn't get the package. And then that, that person that receives that call waits for the next day the guy on the delivery truck is in work and then yeah. just ask them hey did you get this package to that place and that's it that's their investigation process well no they do ask you describing facts like what color is your house 
And what, what kind no, of staircase do you have? That's what the customers... That's what they that's ask. That's what they ask the customers. The customers. The, the, the FedEx gonna... to delivery guy, the guy's just like, no. Or, 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 yeah, no, I totally dropped it off. It was like a beige house. It was an apartment. Like, that's yeah. a, the detail that they'll write on these little things. Because it's all through email. They don't actually have a conversation. And then, if they can't find it from that, then they just refund the money, which takes two to six weeks. Yeah, I literally got to the point where I, I had a FedEx. note taped to our door for a, a period of months when I was expecting packages that just weren't arriving that just said leave it on the goddamn porch <laughs> and, and it, w- it wasn't addressed to anyone but like the, the note was on the door and it just said leave it on the goddamn porch and then they all did after that but I mean like I had to go that far you know I've received probably hundreds of FedEx packages whatnot without incident but I do recall getting one and it was a piece of artwork and it came during a rainstorm. And when I got the envelope, I noticed that, one, it was wet, and two, there was a tire track across it. <laughs> and when I opened it, literally, water poured out. Like, it had been in a puddle, submerged, run over, it, left in the puddle long enough to fill up with water. It was on I, that jet. That little zip thing, that like water poured away. out of my desk. It was on the jet from Castaway. That's what happened. <laughs> Is that what it was? And Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks delivered it. Years to get to he, he delivered it to you personally, and you are just ungrateful. I guess so. Shit, I would have tipped him. America loves Tom Hanks, Gord. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> I am already damned. You know what pisses me off? Here's what pisses me off. It, it was a just beautiful day out. I was at the farmer's market eating dinner with my kids. There's a band playing. We're just sitting in the grass, soaking up the evening, having a good time. And my kid, he goes, Dad, look at that. And he's pointing behind me. And behind us is like a group of people that I, I noticed when they kind of sat down behind us. And then I turned back and started watching the band again. But sort of hippie college age folks some girls and guys and then some little kids like a couple crawlers and then like a three-year-old whatever but he goes look at that and i turn around he goes that dog and i know the dog that they brought is eating somebody's dinner right off the ground so i turn i look at the dog and i start to say yeah the dog whatever and I see, like, all of a sudden, I see this event coming together. I see what is about to happen. The three-year-old is running and stumbling forward towards this rather attractive hippie chick who's sitting in the grass kind of in front of him wearing this, like, peasant dress thing. And as he's falling forward, he's got his hands up, and I can tell he is going to hit square in the chestal region of this girl. And... Sure enough, he does, and both hands grab onto the top of her dress. And my mind is is starting to get happy because I'm about to see boobs, which makes me happy. And sure enough, the kid, he's kind of falling, and boop, pulls down the top of her dress. And I'm like, hooray, boob! But before I can even finish the hooray, boob thought and file this in the appropriate place in my mind for reference later, this three-year-old kid begins nursing and that ruins it for me yeah don't turn my sex into food please it just went from hurrah damn it i didn't see that story going that direction at all (laughs) i i I did actually and i was like no so you know know how i was talking about a lot of porn that i watch 
Yes. I'm just going to leave it there within combination with Gord's story and just let your <laughs> let your mind go uh, dark places. Gord, I have to bring up the fact that the last time we were on the show, you opened the show by talking about how you saw a free-range boob at the store. Is, that the, is this the one-year anniversary of the free-range boob? Yep. Yep. Wow. You guys need to come on a lot more. <laughs> Done. I will hear every story you see of a boob sighting. I, I want to hear, and I will be here <laughs> right, for it. Well. <laughs> this is not far from where two out of the three of us live, so it is convenient. No. And we'll make Bill Beach show up anyway. We'll be like, we're not even playing, but bring your equipment. <laughs> we want to hear about a boob. <laughs> All right, well, one of the, the traditions on our Halloween show is the beer and candy. Because, you know, we like beer and candy. Sure, why not? So uh, tonight we're drinking here at the Bone Bat Studios. Jess brought a bottle of... Midnight Sun Brewing Company's Treat. Yeah, Midnight Sun put out this beer treat. It's a pumpkin ale, Imperial Chocolate Pumpkin Porter. And I know what you manly men out there are thinking. Pumpkin, chocolate, gay. And (laughs) yes, cosplay is. But that's neither here nor there. What's important is that we have a specialty beer and wine shop in the local area here called Malton Vine. And I know the owner, Doug, who is a really, really cool guy. And I went down there for advice for the Halloween themed beer, and I'm like, "You gotta, you know, give me something special." And he's like, "Here, come with me." And he brings me in the back room, and he's like, "We only got two cases of this. This is the real deal. This is the the really good beer." And so, you know, he sold it to me, and we're trying it, and it is not half bad. No, I like it a lot. And we had a pumpkin beer on the show before another year mm. that was just atrocious, and so I've kind of been hesitant about it. Yeah, but sure. That's good stuff. Yeah, this is solid. It's got like a roasty, malty taste to it. It's not super sweet. Uh, the cinnamon in it and the cloves kind of, you know, they cut it because it's not sugary cinnamon. So, it's yeah, it's nice. I'm, I'm digging it. Also, I just love beer a lot. All right, and I, I'm Here's reaching the into the Uncle Pigger's Happy Halloween sack here and pulling out a Pearson's Milk Chocolate Vanilla Bun <laughs> <laughs> with roasted penis. Excuse me. Mm, Bun and penis. Got a little ACTB in it. Ska Mama, of course, did the uh, candy honors this time, as always. So I don't know what we're going to end up with. While I dice this up for everybody's enjoyment, Gord, why don't you... uh, reach into the... uh, the What do you got there? This year, my wife actually participated, went to the store and got me candy. And apparently she thinks I'm five years old, or I just act like it, because I got a... Unlike it. Baby bottle pop, blue raspberry. It looks it looks like a baby bottle, except it's got an electric guitar on it. And I don't even. This is a real mashup of genres. A rock star baby. I got to be honest with you, by the way, Steve. This thing looks like a mint filled turd. (laughs) It's actually it's pretty good. Wow. Oh, this is awful. (laughs) The baby bottle pop. Which includes a backstage pass. God only knows for what. <laughs> is, All oh, wait, you're access. supposed to unscrew the the top and then dip it into the blue powdered sugar on the inside. Yeah, that's how you do that. I didn't realize like that. A and there's a, yeah, it's like that except for shittier. Oh, and I took out the backstage pass, and I just sprayed blue sugar all over the living room. So (laughs) I've got that going for me. Hooray, it's a Halloween catastrophe. (laughs) All right, well, I I have to jump in because Death Star intentionally came back with the worst candies we could find. Bravo. Oh, yeah. We 
we went out of our way to get really because Halloween is about horror. Well, yeah, it's true. And so I, I immediately went for my tried and true classic of the horrible grandma candies and grabbed a bag of Good and Plenties. Nice. Now, oh. for those who know those by name but not by sight, they are little aspirin-sized, aspirin-shaped <laughs> pink and white candies filled with the cheapest quality angel hair black licorice that you can find. <laughs> They're hard and munchy. They, they hurt your teeth. They taste awful from start to finish. And they are the kind of candy where if there's nothing available to eat at grandma's and you're all sitting around and it's boring because there's no television and there's a dead cat in the living room, <laughs> it's in the dish in front of you and you start eating it. You're like, this is awful, but you literally don't want to talk to your family at all. <laughs> so you just keep eating them, hoping that they might give you diarrhea or a heart attack. Now, what are the ones Mike and Ike's? Now, those aren't those terrible. Are good. No, those, those are, are good. those are good. They're like they're like they're gummy decent, filled. They're, like, they're, they're all right. And they remind me of Eisenhower, who <laughs> is my second favorite president. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> After Woodrow Wilson, and it's ridiculous I that I know B. that. Hayes was your number one man. No, it's I, it's it really is Woodrow Wilson, and I know that about him. That is accurate. That is, my favorite so president weird. is Woodrow Wilson. Well, but you those... should do a rap about it called "Sporting Woodrow." Oh, I'm I'm <sighs> not I'm not cracking these open. They weren't brought for sharing. They're going to go directly into the garbage. I don't want to that I might eat. Some. I think if you brought it, you have to at least try one. All right, that's what I'm saying. All right, I, I don't unless you were saving them for your later, you know. Yeah, I was gonna throw them at children, <laughs> not at, on Halloween, just in general. Okay. <laughs> what was the review before we move on of the vanilla bun? Oh, the vanilla bun. I it was, it was all right. Sweet. It wasn't terrible. No, it was good. It's good nuts and some sort of some semen. kind of a nougat. <laughs> you don't need more than one fourth of it. That's yeah. Oh, sure. no, that's absolutely true. Yeah, that was the right amount. Is one fourth? That's for like super cheap people. That like here's a little bit of candy. And then after like a quarter, the kid's like, man, I'm not into candy. Oh right my now. god, I've opened these and they even smell like medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to purposely ruin this album because I'm having to eat oh, I got all pink I love that I there's a packet of silica gel in the candy. <laughs> <laughs> Is there? No. <laughs> oh, God, that's so tragic. All I know tragic. is my face is blue now. No, you have to have at least one. God, Cosplay, will you scrape the taste of this off my tongue? It says on it a fat-free candy. Yeah, with your taint. Well, I'm glad I'm oh. losing. Oh my I know. god! Aren't they? Aren't they terrible? Why would you get the fat-free one? And they're chewy. They're not even. <laughs> the hard candy shell isn't even hard. It's like no, it's it's not protecting you. This is like I would rather eat Advil, <laughs> you know, with a chocolate coating on it. Like I'd rather eat that because at least I know what flavor is coming. But in this, it's just this gooey mess of nasty it black. It tastes like I had, Nyquil. I had forgotten how bad these are. Thank no, you. Oh Jeff. my god, they do taste like Nyquil. So the punishment that I'm going to bring is that I'm going to get you fast and furious with three disappointing to children candies. Cosplay is all about disappointing the audience. Yeah, with in, in quantity in disappointing the audience. So we have the most generic bag, by the way. This is uh, saltwater taffy. It's sweets quality candies. And being that I've never heard of the company Sweets out of saltwater taffy... I am suspicious of the quality of the candy. That's like the candy company. <laughs> yeah. I'm expecting a candy product. <laughs> um, and so the reason that I brought these is that saltwater taffy all on its own when it's fresh from somewhere is nice. These are like a generic version of that. But as a six-year-old, what I don't want is something wrapped in 
random wax paper <laughs> that is the it's not only a candy that I generally hated as a child it's a candy that had a better version of the same candy that ke- people could have bought me in Laffy Taffy form, which is so much more delicious than this. So it's like the poor person's candy, which made me feel ashamed as a child. And effectively, <laughs> I threw them away whenever I got them. So I'm going to have 3P open them up. And this is kind of right. like the... Remember when you'd come home from trick-or-treating and you'd spill your bag on the floor yeah. and you start kind of tearing stuff oh, out, yeah. right? You've got, like, the pile of really choice shit. You've got your Butterfingers. Your sweet tarts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dots. Like, the good stuff on the top. And then you've got, like, the mediocre candy. And then that's kind of the bottom pile. Yeah, that's the pile that you eat when your parents have grounded you and won't give you sugary things. (laughs) But uh, But you found that in a shoebox in your closet left over. Just give me a brown one. Why is there a brown one? Give me, like, a white one with, like, a pink center or something. I'm super picky about my... Saltwater taffy. I is, like, this, is this from Ocean Shores? Because that's the only kind that I'll eat. Yeah, when you go to like a place where they make it and they have like root beer taffy, oh, that then is it's awesome. good. Then yeah, it's good. Oh, good. Then it's amazing. Where it's made, it's always awesome. Mine is like Dalmatian This is kind of hard. It's not even soft. No, it's hard and it's... This kind of tastes like a watered down Tootsie Roll, if that makes sense as a flavor. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fighting back! <laughs> Oh, God, I think mine was black licorice flavored. Oh. <laughs> Why? Double good and plenty, man. You lost the game of saltwater taffy. Shit. It is. I, like, taste cloven anise or anus or something. <laughs> is that how you pronounce that? It is now. Aren't all anuses cloven? All right, well. Or is that cleaved? While we're trying to choke down our good and plenty, we have a little unfinished contest award business. Ooh. You may recall last episode. Gordon and I have a friend named Bill, who's been our friend for many, many years, and he works in the vinyl record industry, and he was kind enough to shoot over a big pile of Mastodon on vinyl. Oh, that's good. yeah. That is good. Not just on vinyl, but on colored vinyl. Oh, Bill Beats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a true but, DJ, uh, now that you've handed him the vinyl, you will never see it again. <laughs> Bill sent us actually enough so that everybody who posted on the Facebook page wins. So Stuart, God damn it. Did I not say last you, episode, you, you enter it, this contest, you will not find better odds in any contest anywhere. Every nice. single person who entered won? Yes. <laughs> Stuart, Listen to me, people. Stuart, Vaughn, Gareth, and Benzus, email me your address. To Steve at Bonehand.com, and I will mail out your album. Right on. That is awesome. We're, we're all cool. winners Did you here. See, the- see we're, we're from the generation of everybody gets a medal. Well, in this case, everybody gets some vinyl. The crackfist um, guys vinyl. are like tie-dyed. Yeah, dude. vinyl metal. Uh, do you have that one in he. there of Leviathan? Because that would be so sweet. No, no, it's all Crack the Sky. We have uh, several Crack the Skies and a couple of Blood Mountains. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I'm not going to bitch. I love Mastodon. That Like, they're one of the... Metal bands I actually listen to regularly. Yeah. Bill was also kind enough to send a Black Sabbath live at the Hammersmith Odeon triple gatefold. That's awesome. So sexy. With Ronnie James Dio. Mm. Little classic era of them. Mm. Silver era. Yeah. Still. Of this <laughs> Silver one. age Black Sabbath. Silver right? age Black Sabbath. So it had Dio who can actually sing versus, <laughs> versus the man Ozzy. on the the man on the silver milk crate, man. <laughs> That was funny. Thank you. 
I, I stole that from Henry Rollins. He, he says, like not. He, he, he just said that to you, Steve. Like, he was surprised that you yeah, said he, something he, funny. Yeah, well, then he quickly informed me that it was not original to Steve, so I understand. <laughs> point, point proven. What Game continues. <laughs> All right. As I said, send me your addresses and vinyl goodness is forthcoming. Gord! Yo! Do you have a political rant this week? No. no, I just got a couple of political rounds sound bites so we can just get it over with and, and move on with our lives. Sweet. Just a couple little political observations. The first is now that the Supreme Court has said that a corporation has the same rights as a citizen in this uh. country, I thought, so if a corporation has the same rights as a citizen, even if that company is a foreign company, and if citizens in this country have more rights than non-citizens, which is the way it is, which is fine. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good at that. Think about this. A foreign company has more rights here than a foreign citizen. Try to wrap your head around that. If you are a company from out of here, you got a hell of a lot more rights than the people that actually work for you. So here. Y- you can vote? Yeah. You, <laughs> you've got freedom of speech. You can affect elections. You can make yeah, contributions. Okay. All right, and the second little thought that I had is that uh, an unmarried working couple, like someone living as husband and wife, but and both with jobs, but not actually married together, if they're not married, they pay lower taxes than if they are both working and, and married. So we've actually got a tax system that is skewed to prevent the sanctity of marriage. Yes. And with that, I just found the loophole I needed to get out of my engagement. There you go. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> honey. Pay lower taxes. So, sorry, honey. Live it's taxes. Sin. It's taxes. I love yeah. you, though. Go and you dinner. know what? If you two get married, one of you's just going to have to quit your job. Otherwise, you get bone on taxes. Well, it's going to be me because she doesn't have one, so we'll both be unemployed. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward to that. Netflix I, all day. I bet you can get a lot of Star Trek in that one. I, I'm, I'd be hey, willing to bet. You could be employed to get a lot of Star Trek <laughs> in. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's that's all I got. All right. So, Death Star, you want to do another song here? Oh, sure. Let's, Which one let's are we doing? do that. 16 Tons is uh, it's a new track off of our almost done album, A New Dope. And by almost done this time, we mean we're mastering it, not like theoretically we might get to work on it one of these days. No one has heard this track before outside of the studio. Nice. Sweet. That's a privilege. We're so professional as Death Star. This song is so new that we don't even know it yet. (laughs) And so we have supplemental devices, including paper and phone, because we're both analog and digital about our shit. You've got a monster manual. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, 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 we're ready. How to be a nerdcore rapper for dummies. Song number 23, 16 tons. They call me a hoarder, man, but I prefer collector, erector of cardboard standees, conscientious objector to the specter of guilt that brings fervent fanboys to shame. 
I'm on a vector to the Swag Hall of Fame. Name your fandom, even random guesses tend to be his. Santa by sculptures, giant vulture, man cut out with wily kit and wily cat. Stuff back, mite, and reservoir dog. Mr. Pink, blonde, white, orange, all pictured on pogs. Street frog, CD with dogs like honey, love, Loretta, operetta. Guy Fox mask from V for Vendetta, Beretta, signed by that chimp cop from Planet of the Apes. Count Ducky, love brand, double sided duct tape. Which I used to hold together all the product and package Tetris, the Zelter, Stelter, Shelter. With my souvenir stacking fire hazard, grossly gathered. Credit score and I dive like Scrooge McDuck into this junk until I'm buried alive. Sixteen tons and one again. Another day older and deeper in this. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Lightsaber, got a couple. Invaders in, somewhere in the rubble. Red stapler, signed by Milton, Vincent Valentine, Bracer, Advent Children. And a battle tie fighter, and a model kit car kit. A night rider, night crawler, so baller, making it rain monopoly dollars. Reynolds revolver, sits at my hip, I lay a slave collar amongst all the shit. Kick cloud, kick animated cell signs, six shred stickers, and a mask of mankind. Pokemon, Digimon, how to catch them all. Teen Titan T set, two Tartar stalls. Games marked up, rebought for my youth, seven guests, never win a night, and super sleuth. Super Mario, shower power, paper machine model of a black tower, Jedi power, battles, lunchbox, origami, fire flower. My mattress full of Triples, body pillow, up they ribble, veggies displaying tech mobile, baseball stars and double dribble, bubble pursuit worse they triple. Wizard is oh so fickle, simply sit and sticking quickly, you'll pick up a pretty nickel. Collections rise in value, vintage is a beautiful brand new, never run rap six pack of the flash and clash of the Titan shampoo. Sixteen tons, and what do you get? Another day older and deeper in this. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. My rubber super ball collection matched by no other. Got unreleased Mattel goodies like Kia Hot Wheels and Ken's brother. Sally Struthers saddle cover, Keenan and Kel Orange soda. Simpson single blues reissue and Yum Kipper Yoda. Defeated by Disney, maxed on Marvel and McFarlane. Mr. Rogers cardigan, Mad Mardigan, Neil Gap, but I'm sorry. When the carousel from Bingham Town brings me close to Ross Serling, a Wesley Crusher. The soda cans! The fate I'm deserving. Self-serving me on my means, great retro pop culture shirts, so it screens pretty each for a buck sixteen. They'll sell a hot topic to the fucked up teens. Out patches full their games, two drip lockwits for all queen. Mass producing useless accessories to death will be pandered to the godplay scene. Make a middleman out of me, cause it's a little hobby, it'll never be free. Sit pretty as a princess, but people to invest in this merchandise marquee. Hook them in the next generation, build a new foundation of fanboys around their fun. Spending their remuneration, a trick and a division to the buried under sixteen tons. Sixteen tons, and what do you get? Another day. That was great. That was freaking awesome. Yeah, thanks. That was uh, that was the last song we finished for the album. Last song we finished writing. 
So did you just like look around in your closet to write the lyrics? Is this actually an actual <laughs> list? Did you look around in your bed? Is oh. that an actual list? Or yeah. When my fiance found out that we were doing a song about being uh, nerd paraphernalia hoarders, she looked at me and she was like, really? Because you don't have a problem with that at all. Then looked around <laughs> at our house filled with boxes of my shit. See, what's funny is I actually don't have a lot of nerd memorabilia. I keep my nerd memorabilia in my heart. Yeah, um, not all of us are that poor. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us have grown-up jobs. And kids. Yeah, and kids. Kids who, kids who destroy our shit. Kids are awesome, though, because you can buy stuff under the auspices that, oh, it's for the kids. Yeah, he totally yeah. wants They'd to play, to play with that. So he's two and a half. I bet he wanted the game, like Mass Effect 2. <laughs> <laughs> totally. This, he's, he's the deluxe that. version he's d- with the yeah. He needed the special removable clothing Miranda. He needed the Arkham City like <laughs> special pack. It's totally important for our bonding experience. <laughs> My kid actually is like halfway through with Arkham City. Right That's now. awesome. I haven't even finished Arkham Asylum, and he's killing it. He yeah. comes in the other day, and he's like, "Dad, I'm having trouble beating Clayface," and I'm like, "Dude, you played more of this than I have." I, I work with uh, with two two unrepentant nerds named Tom. Uh, hi guys, and uh, the, uh, one of them had sh- was showing the other one uh, that if you buy the Green Lantern now on DVD, it comes with the special limited edition downloadable content that gives Batman the uh, Sinestro Corps outfit in Arkham City. <laughs> yep. And I saw that and I was just like, okay, wh- whatever. And he's like, well, I guess now I'm buying Green Lantern on DVD. I mean, I have to, right? I was originally <laughs> not going to buy Arkham City for PlayStation. I was going to buy it for Xbox, but now I guess I'm getting it for PlayStation. I'm like, that seriously decided you? You changed systems and you bought a DVD for an outfit in a video game. <laughs> you don't understand modern video games yeah, at all. Black is white, up is down. It's, <laughs> Ducks it's are thrown odd, at balloons. Nothing is as it seems. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I respect it that it's important to them and that it's geek culture and stuff like that, but like, it takes a special kind of event for a guy who's a lead MC in a nerdcore band to go, NERD! <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you're just too old, Grandpa. Maybe you don't understand the video games of today. Back in my day, there was no such thing as a palette swap. Like, they, they didn't even have that. Atari didn't allow it. Yeah, there was no DLC. No, no a palette swap is something maybe, like, that happened when you got dental surgery. That's the only palette yeah, swap. Yeah, exactly. Deal. And even then, it was a very crude technique that used cat gut and prayer. all right gentlemen well why don't you talk a little bit about what what's death star been doing in the last year since we convened Uh, yeah who who wants to start on that i've seen you live at least four times in the interim so i know you've been performing indeed uh though not lately um i know that uh, i've listened to some new cuts out of the album and i gotta say that i'm really impressed by jess you guys are faster and Super confident in your delivery. Thanks, that, man. That is more evident than on the last album. Oh, well, that's absolutely true for recording this time around. Um, the Phantom Menace was the first album we had ever recorded. It was the first time we'd ever been in studio to rap. Cosplay had recorded stuff for his erstwhile video game cover band, Press Start to Rock. And then prior to that, his nascent alt-pop comedy group, Team Copilot, from high school. So he had a little bit of experience in it, but I had never, ever recorded anything for audio before. And it shows. And uh, it took forever to record that album. And it came through 
really sounding like we tried very hard. And uh, people love fandom. Like, people love that album. We don't really understand why, but people love it. And there's some good <laughs> tracks. But we are feeling really, really good about a new dope because we came way more confident. We were more happy with the way we sounded. We were, you know, actually going like, okay, well, that audio track was fine, but we're going to throw it out anyway because I think we can do it better. We've done better production. Things are more solid. We've got good collabs. Like, this album is really a big step forward for us. Nice. So that's the uh, public-facing statement. Privately, Bill Beats bought a better mic and got better at producing us Shut and up. just made us sound better. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is straight up. But, like, I'm sure some of that is correct. I don't really listen when 3P talks. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, like, this album is definitely born out of more hip hoppiness than the last album. We were experimenting on how to write songs. Like uh, born out of that in a deep, deep abiding hatred between the members of the band. Well, fuck you guys, honest. Like I, I mean I kinda like Bill but like I respect Bill Beats. Like, he's uh, a hard worker. Like really, I, I really. think like I think Stalin like did some really great stuff for Russia, but he also like <laughs> got a lot of Russians killed and killed a lot of Russians. Like he was a dick, but like he's he was a very now. efficient dick. Are you equating somehow now. Bill Beast with Stalin? Well, I mean, like he can make a solid track. Like he's a great DJ and a great producer and and all that. But, he has like, to murder so many Jews to get so there. many dead Russian <laughs> Jews. I'm just glad that you didn't go for the Hitler reference. I'm I'm so thankful. I was oh, going to do a hit, rant about Hitler this. Is so you blanched out. You went for the Stalin Lenin route. You could have gone Pol Pot. I was thinking about you, it. You could have gone Pinochet. I, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't want to talk over people's head. Good job. I, I didn't want to talk over people's head. Be like Pol Pot, and I'm like that doesn't sound delicious at all. I'm <laughs> right next to the greatest archive of knowledge in the history yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh what i don't know who pol pot is where do they where do you get that at a teriyaki restaurant lol like oh god thank you internet seriously what we've been doing is we performed at a couple conventions rusty con norwest con again and then we did uh the uh i can't even recall what the room was titled i'll call it just the free play room at a uh, Penny Arcade Isn't Expo. The, like the open that was the MAGFest Mag Jam Fest. Space. MAGFest Jam Space, to be specific. And so we got to play that at Penny Arcade, and that was kind of fun. Then we did uh, Zombie Walk this summer, yeah, um, which Walk. was probably one of the coolest things we've ever done. Oh, uh, it was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of people there, and we were hot in our and We were the makeup. only band that came dressed as zombies. Yeah, we like, came... We were it. Really? Yeah. yeah. No one else did it. And we, we were just like, fuck you guys. We may have been the only good band there, too. Well, <laughs> that's hey, like. Whoa, 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 whoa. Soundbite, send that to me. Bill Beats just referred to us as a good band. Oh, oh snap. But seriously, Bill Beats is the Stalin of this band. Uh, I think 3P <laughs> is the uh, Mussolini because the trains run on time. Damn straight time. they run on time. <laughs> I'm a damn metronome with uh, that shit. Also, also, eventually we'll hang him in the streets. You're, yeah, you're going <laughs> to hang him upside down and beat him to death in the streets. So. Yeah, and cosplay is the Prince John, and I'm still waiting for Richard the Lionheart to show the fuck up and take the mic out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Man, was someone a history major? What the hell? Dropping a little history. According right? to our album, I have a doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the new album, we're, we're really proud of it. We've been working on the material for a long time, and with very few exceptions. Like, there's only four songs on this album that anyone has ever heard at our shows. We have really not been performing these tracks at all. And it's not that we're, like, ashamed of them or hiding them. It's just, like, we wanted to do really fresh new content for the album, and it's it really is, like... 
that from us. What I like about it, I mean, I've spent all of one afternoon with it. So right, right. But I tried to give it a little bit of a listen. And the things that, that I immediately noticed were you found a lot of samples that no one has used in reps. 16 tons. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just a really great example of using fresh music to back hip-hop tracks. Well, that's... Bill Beats, really, on, on fandom, a lot of people give Bill Beats credit. They're like, oh, I love this beat, I love this beat. Bill Beats really came into Death Star like, at the tail end of us writing those songs. And so most of those beats were not his. And the ones that were his replaced beats we'd been using in shows for, for a while. Uh, on this album, there is a lot more of his influence. And uh, 16 Tons is definitely, like, that's his masterpiece. And that is all him. And he's awesome at getting those really odd samples and working them in. He has an amazing record collection, and it only grows. Can't wait for those Ted Nugent samples. I'm not even kidding. Uh, no, not even kidding. There's there, Ted Nugent Cat Scratch Fever came out the other day. We were working on beats that have Jethro Tull in them. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Like, he is really digging deep. There's some super tramp going on. What's the band for Milk Money's beat on this album? Was it Europe? No, Foreigner. Foreigner. But we oh, didn't. God. But we didn't actually sample it, right? I actually played all. Well, those yeah, yeah. You actually like uh, no. We yeah, no samples on the whole. Album. Officially, there's no samples. Like this is all, all us. We didn't original steal music played by w- Foreigner. Pl- I think we brought them in and they played it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they came in studio. Yeah. <laughs> well, we recorded it to vinyl and then and then, right. then made a beat out of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was recorded during the 70s, maybe, somewhere in that time. We went back in time. <laughs> See, only a nerdcore band could do that, would have right. the technology and the knowledge, right. the, the practical working We knowledge. work with uh, heavily with Steve Urkel from Family Matters. I don't know if you've heard of that project. <laughs> Dr. Steve Urkel. Dr. Steve Urkel. And he built us a time machine based on the technology combined of his transporter technology and his cloning technology and his cybernetics technology. Which all existed in that show. Do I have to start calling you Stefan Perry now? Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Perry has become Stefan Perry. Am I the smooth version of a nerdier person? Yes. Yeah. The other thing that I was taken by is that you guys aren't afraid when you're finding a sample that there are a couple of songs where the song will take a turn into the chorus and you'll kind of just relax and let it groove. Mashiara is an example of that. Also, Villain of the Day, Episode 2. The chorus has a different vibe to it and it's a little more relaxed and then you kind of just attack the rapping verses and it's almost likely quiet, loud, quiet, Pixies, Nirvana sort of thing. Yeah, we were trying to do something different. Some of that is completely by accident. Like, I'm not even going to lie and say that we had, like, a total sound plan for a lot of that. But there was definitely us listening to beats and saying what feels appropriate for us on this, what's going to get an emotional response, and what is cosplay capable of composing for lyrics for songs, and what do I have to write for him and pretend he wrote. And uh, (laughs) there was a lot of that, like, okay, we're going to go this different route. Uh, with this and, uh, and and we worked a lot of that out and then sometimes we surprise people like uh, you heard Milk Money and uh, that is about as gangsta ass as we've ever gotten ever like that song is seriously gangsta well, that song's about Bill Beats' it's, childhood it's about Bill Beats' childhood and uh, and going to juvenile and all of that yeah, the, it was the, rough it's but, the story of William Beatings or Pete Williams and yet you guys are still nerdy enough to drop Prop Joe in that song oh hell yeah Oh, and, and, and Stringer that Bell. Was, 
awesome. The str- I was just Pro- like, Joe you just dropped the wire in a yeah. rap song. Damn that right. Awesome. Damn straight. The wire's hella gangsta. I don't, like, wire's like gangsta, like Scarface is gang- Like, in seven years, all rappers will have, like, a poster of the wire. Oh, my God. On, like, on I, their shit. I, I really wanted that to start with a farmer in the Dell and then work in, like, you know, just yeah. get Omar just. <laughs> Love that show. And another thing is, you know, I'm used to you guys doing songs like Looking for Group. What is this sensitive romantic side in Death Star? The song Any Girl is just the <laughs> sweetest, kindest, most loving tune you've you, ever done. You were suckered in by that, too. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I drop the correction on this one? You absolutely you may. Know, no, no, please, please. You tell, know tell, tell the story. So he comes up with this song idea called Any Girl, and I'm like, I don't like it. Because I don't like oh, immediately. That comes I, s- up. I said it was a love song called Any Girl, and, and I'm like, like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Death Star does not. He especially do love didn't songs. like it because I started writing it uh, when I was staying with my fiance for a while. So like, it definitely had the stink of romance. Yeah. All over it. <laughs> and, and, and shout out to the girl that I'm currently dating that will probably not listen to this. Uh, I don't know. She doesn't do a lot. What's her name? Fun Buns. <laughs> like, I- <laughs> Fun Buns. We I called her tits in the room the first time yeah, I met her. You- Shout out to her. But the racketeer. Th- this is truly the way that he sold this to me. Is it comes off very romantic. It's very sweet. It's about a love story. It's about a love story that appears to very easily um, work out at the end and everything. But if you dig gently deeper on the content, you realize that there's nothing there. And the reason there's nothing there is there's no real specifics. This isn't exactly about anybody. Mashiara, as you mentioned, is about specific women we've left behind. Oh, it's about my or, fiance and, and, and then came back to. But at the time, it yeah. was left behind. Yeah, I wrote that song before she and I got back together. But, and we had been split up for eight years. Yeah, and so Any Girl is about nobody. And what I like about the song and the way he sold it to me is that a lot of people will as it sounds and it's very pleasant and romantic sounding and it uses that remixed cowboy bebop yep. thing is that it comes off as romantic but it's really that all relationships are effectively about the same and your relationship with that person really not that special yeah. <laughs> like any, honestly any girl, <laughs> any girl is straight up about faceless relationships any, it's about any girl yeah. really uh, there's, there's a reason why it's like with hair so red blonde brown black auburn blue green no doubt in my mind this king and nerd court just met his queen like that's every hair color you can have and then some <laughs> yeah so, ladies... She, she was tall, short, skinny, buxom. Like, it covers all ladies, the Ladies, if you're listening to this, pretty much all of you have a chance to get in a romantic relationship with Death Star. <laughs> but don't expect us to treat you like you're anything special. And, and I really have to say, because, Steve, you'll appreciate this, because I know, like, you're a man who, who will understand your, your generation for this. You know, every brown-eyed girl thinks that brown-eyed girl is about her. Yeah, sure. Like, they're all like, brown-eyed girl is my song. It's like, that's like one of the top five most played wedding songs ever, <laughs> because brown eyes are the most common eye color in the world <laughs> that is what inspired me to write this like listening that's like you think brown eyed girl is a- about you but it's about any woman with brown eyes ever so this song is like brown eyed girl cubed <laughs> like we've covered all the possible bases like even at the end like we like you're the best worst um, average amazing woman in my life like there's no ground in there that is not covered it's like this song is about us like a choose your own adventure is about eight books <laughs> yeah. so remember fan base uh, both of death star and of uh Bombat. if you think death star is being sweet and kind think about it a little bit longer because <laughs> really we're not nice men and we're never gonna be nice men yeah that's true <laughs>
I mean, like, Mashiara is kind of a sweet song. Like, if you listen to the lyrics, it's it's a song about lost love. And, like, even the name, uh, if you don't know where that came from, a lot of people are like, that sounds like crazy gibberish talk. Like, if you've read The Wheel of Time, this is one of the nerdiest song titles we've ever had, ever. If you've read The Wheel of Time, uh, in the old tongue, in The Wheel of Time, the language before, Mashiara means a lost love, a true love never to be found again. It's one of the nerdiest things I've ever pulled for a song, but it's a perfect title for the song. It's a lament for lost love, and it's a sensitive song in the middle, but you'll note that every single line in the opening and closing begins with, give me a bitch who speaks drowish and smokes weed. Fuck right. <laughs> so there is a level at which there is an unrepentant bastard singing the song. Like, it was all my fault. Maybe it's because I'm a dick. You know, Death Star does not learn lessons. We just, like, are sad about shit sometimes. And then we then we go and do a song like Your Mom. and Which we will be we, performing we, soon. We prove why it is that we write these songs that are all about losing women. Well, I gotta say, uh, after listening, and again, haven't spent that much time with it. Sure. My favorite track on the album so far, Respiration. Ha! That yes! is nice. the fucking jam. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you. Too. We like that song, too. Man, it's so good. That That is the one, and you know, I, I kind of listened to it a couple times, mm-hmm. and that one I put on repeat, and I just listened nice. to it like three, four nice. times in a row. Great tune. You're not going to hear it tonight. That's an excuse for you to go out and buy the album. Hell yeah. It's going to be in the background somewhere. You'll hear it floating around there, but we're not going to feature it. You need to check out this track, folks. It's great. I'll tell you a little story about that. I literally wrote the first verse of that driving home from work. I was just like, you know what Death Star doesn't have right now? It's a really pumped up party anthem song. And that is exactly what that song is. It's energetic. It's fast. It comes at you. And it's all just good times. Good very, yeah, rhymes. very positive sound. Yeah, it's very positive, And it's just us talking about how much fun we have being us. And I came to Bill Beats with it. And I'm like, I love this song. And I love the beat and blah, 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 blah. But I think we might need to retouch it a little bit. And he's like, well, you know what that sample's from? And I'm like, no, I really don't. And he played me what the sample was from which is California Soul, which is a gorgeous song, but it's way slower. It's been sped up a lot for the beat. And he's like, I've always wanted to make a beat for this, but I don't really want to touch it because I don't want to mess with the song because it's so good. And it just got my gears turning. So respiration, what you heard was respiration inhale, part one. Part two is respiration exhale, which is the second half of that song slowed down about the after party. And we have Sketch, formerly from the future, on that track. And the, the verse he drops is just insane fire. So we had recorded our verses. And oh, yeah. And we're like, hey, Sketch from the future and Sketch of a Monster and Six is in the House and eight other projects that he's in. Like, he's all about positive energy up until Six is in the House where he gets serious. But he's all just good times and relaxed and he's got swagger for days. So we're like, drop a 16 on this. And then he made it after we'd recorded ours. And, like, he came over to Bill Beats' house, wrote his verse in, like, ten minutes, and then just went up, recorded it, and, like, less than 30 minutes, he had all of his verse, his hype, everything's done. Just from nothing to just... And it's so good that we had to go back, and the reason you don't have it right now, we had to go back and rewrite our verses to be better, because his was so much better than anything we had done, and so much more swaggerific that we had to step it up further. We are literally trying to make it so that people have a hard time deciding whether they like uh, respiration, inhale, or exhale better. Better. And so it started as that low-energy kind of, oh, after party, relax. Now it's just kind of 
a gently slower, high energy after party. Yeah, it's like it's really sexy. And of course, the great thing about it is you listen to the first one, like the beef for this is really cool, all fast, and then it slowed down, and it's like, oh, this just got sexy. Yeah. It's still great. It's like, yeah, it's the same beat, and that's the slow. beat that uh, Mr. Beats made. For yeah, us. yeah, same sample, different beat. Yeah. Because you're a magician. But I'm glad you like that track, man. We are very proud of that. We're proud of a lot of tracks on this album for different reasons. You know, it's like picking favorite children. Some of them are like idiot children, and we know that. But like a few of these are favorites, and that's definitely a song that we're really excited to start performing. Because uh, we really needed something that was like bounce, Mm -hmm. that got people off their asses. And that song is absolutely right up there with, okay, let's let's start moving the crowd again. Bounce, for those that didn't listen to the first uh, show that we did, is a song off our first album, Phantom Menace, available for sale on DeathStarHipHop.com <laughs> or on yeah, DeathStar.Bandcamp.com Oh yeah, it's a great song mm-hmm. if I don't say so myself <laughs> But you did But I did say it Alright, well it. you guys are ready to bust another tune? Oh, oh yeah Wait, wait, wait Are we going to bust another candy? That's what yeah. I want to know I want more candy oh, Do you all right. grab another beer Go ahead and bust some candy Alright, well, Bill Beats I think you should discuss your candy-like products My candy? I don't even know how to pronounce it You want me to help? So, I didn't even really try. This was just at my house, and I grabbed it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, should I go to the store? Nah, this is pretty nasty. So, um, it's basically a caramel candy, which sounds amazing, but then you grab it, and it's all smushy. It's like actual just It it feels like someone put a turd in that, like (laughs) like a fresh, wet turd. Is it in Spanish? Uh, Yeah. Well, parts of it, at least. Aldama, Natula. It probably has real sugar in it. De cajete, de leche. Like, there's just random Spanish on here, and it really looks like it was wrapped by someone at the store that sells it. Like, it is poorly packaged. It is gushy. Like, it, I'm pretty sure somebody took, like, the caramel that you would spread on ice cream and just kind of squished it into a plastic package and sold it as candy. They wrapped it like a tootsie roll. Yeah, de pretty much. De leche. So something of milk. Milky caramel. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Well, Bill Beats, tell us how it tastes. Uh, I'm good. Somebody else no, try no, it. No, I've, you brought I've it. Actually, I've had them before. <laughs> and they're actually not bad. They're just really strong. Do you have a weak palate when it comes to caramel? I do. Wow, that is really <laughs> sticky. Okay. Um, I, I will be brave enough to, to try this. It really does cut like poop. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like black any, tar heroin. For anyone like, that's that's cut poop before. <laughs> for, for those of you out there who, who like to test your Ginsu knives on poop You kind of just pinch it in half <laughs> okay. Why is this so disgusting, Bill Beats? Oh my god, that's crystallized sugar in there Oh, oh my oh my goodness It's a little strong, right? <laughs> oh dear lord Wow, that is um, the most powerful caramel I've ever had I've never had caramel where I've been like, it's strong That's it's strong. fucking atrocious It's wow. just... Ah. Mm. It's like they didn't get to the what is it the softball stage in the candy making or whatever. <laughs> no, yeah, it, and it just all crystallized again. Yeah, it's like when honey so it's like crystallizes. not creamy at all inside mm. of it. It's just mm. crunchy. Ah. Ah. Yeah, I'm rushing that down. With There's some things you can't uneat. You know what I think I'm gonna eat? I think I'm gonna <laughs> eat a cookie after that one. You have a cookie that my fiance made. Yeah, a shout out. Uh, Jess's fiance, Asa. Made a lovely batch of cookies for us in the studio. Now she's the first person to ever make cookies for Bone Bat, so that is that's applause worthy. Bravo! She's awesome. Yeah. yeah, she put a sweet little note on there that said, "I love you. Wake me up when you get home." For and of course, Beats. the last part means that I'm supposed to wake her up for sex, which is pretty great. I think that nice. note was for Bill Beats. Uh, I think that I'm going to play it safe, and we're both going to go back to my house. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I need to be there Problem for that. Solved. As always, cosplay is not invited. Ah, oh, damn it! Never get laid by your fiance. No, never ever. No, it never happens. Strangely, I have sex with your girlfriend all the time. Yeah, well, that's fair. Someone has to. Gord, did you have any candy? I'm gonna reach in my uh, bag here. My my lovely wife, who's not at work, got me something called a nerd's rope, which is incidentally I've what I call those. my penis. <laughs> 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 Although this is now softer and chewier, according to the packaging. Uh, there's cardboard inside. Oh, wow. It's like they roll... You know those... Oh, well, it's like nerds. Those little rocky... Looks like aquarium gravel. Except assembled into... Like, glued on to some hot milk glue sugar thing. I think this is just straight out of... You know what this is? It's a great big long piece of placostomous shit in aquarium gravel. <laughs> That's awesome. So it cleans your aquarium and you can eat it and it's shit. Yeah. It's crunchy and chewy and sweet and sour. And this is also gonna make my face turn different colors. And the little the little nerd rock things, they have also fallen off on the floor to join the sugar from the baby bottle pop. So you got like a candy Zen garden going on? I do. I hope the next candy is like a little rake. A rake yeah. A little uh, actually, rake. What, what I'm really hoping for is that your whatever your uh, your beverage is spills just enough to get a soupy consistency going. <laughs> just on Just to make there. like concrete in the carpet. Just so you can tie dye the carpet. Yeah. Tie dye yeah. the carpet. Rainbow for you life. You need a water feature in your. L- Zen like Neon Cat took a piss on your carpet. <laughs> okay, I have a original Yorkie by Nestle. It's not for girls. It says. Yes, yeah, straight it's up. A dog. <laughs> and it actually has like a picture of a woman with the slash through it. It's like it was made by the Chick Busters. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is the most misogynistic candy in the world. I'm going to have to try some of this. Luckily, there are no girls in Death Star, or else they would not be able to join in this delicious treat. <laughs> it's the candy that says, bitch! <laughs> Man, I took a bite of that. Fuck bitches, get money. <laughs> Did you just say, fuck bitches, get money? Mm-hmm. You can have that last piece. That's for you. Oh, take a bite of it. You're another it life like support a... system for a pussy. <laughs> wow, this uh, this this gave me an erection and clenched fists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see women women being allowed to eat this. <laughs> this chocolate is far too manly for women. It's just a big thick chunk of chocolate. That's yeah, really. That's really all what it was, is. Yeah. What was that? There was one. In like the 80s, it was a big square. It was like a, not a big hunk, because that's oh, like a Oh, yeah, toffee. I know what you mean. It was a chunk or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, it was chunky. like chunk. chunky. It's like a chunky yeah. candy bar. That's what it's like. Chunky. But chunky had, it wasn't draped in the women hate. Yeah, it wasn't thing. just drenched in misogyny. What's, what's that Dr. Pepper that's out now that like hates women? Like there's a, Mike Turner promoting it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like Dr. Pepper like six or something like that. And it's based off of the... Uh, this time he's pissed. <laughs> It's, it's like it's it's, Dr. Pepper teaming up with Dr. House. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I bring this in because the commercial is like, it's for men, only for men, not for... And now there's this candy. Like, it's, I feel like the, the sugar industry is like, you know who doesn't eat sugar? Ladies. Fuck those bitches. <laughs> we gotta get men to eat sugar. How do we do that? Make them hate women. Okay. Maybe just everyone's fighting back against secret roll-on. <laughs> secret. They're just hey. like, you know, you... <laughs> 
You fucking wouldn't let us use the deodorant, so fuck you. You can't have our candy. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. You mentioned Secret. Oh, dear Lord. Now we have to to hear this story. So I used Secret antiperspirant for quite some time. I wondered why you smelled so pretty. Yeah, um, peach specifically. Now I use Old Spice. He always used to smell like an argument waiting to happen. (laughs) (laughs) And so the reason I started using Secret is because of those commercials. Strong enough for man, pH balanced for a woman. The pH balance of mammals is gently this side of acidic on seven. If it's not there, then the mammal dies. And uh, strangely enough, uh, through Wikipedia, I've discovered that both men and women are mammals. So, (laughs) told you the internet. That's how you learn, guys. Strong enough for a man, pH balance for a mammal would have been a more accurate thing. Because if you ever meet a woman that doesn't have that same rough pH balance that all human being mammals have, uh, she's dead. She's not alive. Not alive. If if she's at like 6.5 on the pH scale, dead. If she's at like 7.2 on the pH scale, dead <laughs> see the problem though is like he's taking this political stand against men not being able to wear secret and then we'd be sitting together somewhere and i'd look at him and i'm like i feel like you're about to tell me that you're angry with me but you're not going to tell me what it's about and i'm gonna have to apologize <laughs> yeah, which worked out for me like really peach. well <laughs> yeah exactly he smells like peach i won so many flowers. arguments that didn't even i didn't even have to try and start i just won them he smells like peach and flowers and a diary full of revenge. <laughs> God, we hate women in Death Star. It's really, it's really true. Like, I, I don't remember the last time I said something good about a woman, but I'm sure it was during sex. Yeah. So uh, speaking of your mom, <laughs> yeah, oh! <laughs> that was clever. That was super clever. All right, so it's time. So this is a song that is on the new album. But we did not give Steve before the uh, show so that he could be gifted with the grace of surprise. So this song is going to be featuring Hype by Steve of the Bone Bat Show as Girlish Giggler number two. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, like, you you may not want to pay too much attention to the lyrics of this song because uh, there's some good jokes in there. Sinatra, I did her my way. Your bed is the danger zone. Your mom is the highway. Just call her Mrs. Bucket Mouth, full of my ball. Lands more blows than 50 Steven Seagal. She's a lollipop girl, really likes her suckers. Her milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And then we fuck her! Mom's like a concert, got a backstage pass. Call me Gregory Behinds, cause I'm tapping that ass. Your mom's like a keg, often tapped by a fraternity. Call her prom night, she's taking so much virginity. I'm smoking that badge while you're toasting your bagel. While you're doing your cardio, she's doing her kegels. We sympathize, it's hard to be the son of a milk. Not as hard as she makes me when she pledges We're herself. We're doing your mom. We're doing your mom. We're doing your mom. We're getting it on. We're doing your mom. 
mom, we're doing your mom. While you're mowing along. Where every man has gone before, this ain't a trek in the stars. Got her start date set to a year-round pond bar. You can call me Jack, cause I'm in your mom's box. Sucks so much cock, she uses KY as a mouthwash. Dairy Queen, hot eats and cool treats. My peanut butter parfait, skeet, skeet, skeet. Like Subway, five bucks, gets her a foot long. My cock's the Empire State, your mom is King Kong. Kong. Inverted Jenny, pornographic philatelist. She's like Mentalia Petrinka, professional paddlist. Get the gist, let me explain, she's spanking my ass. Cracks it with like Dr. Jones when there's a snake in the grass. They coined the term foxhole left to your mom's vagina. When they found at least a dozen soldiers hiding inside her. I'm not saying that she's slutty or a whore. Though she, she is. is, by the way, that's not milk, it's a gallon We're of gin. We're doing your, your mom. mom. We're doing your mom. We're doing your mom. in front and he's in back and we're all getting down we're simultaneously bust a nut and then we bust a pound on the countertop the living room and in your father's den we got down in the bedroom that you had grown up in your mom's kind of old, but she gets the job done. I'm Captain Picard, and she's my number one, like a used Toyota open for a test drive. Only worth 10 achievement points on Xbox Live, but that's the way the wind blows, and so does your mom. Lost in her for a decade now, just like Vietnam. I think it's cool that your family can be who they are. Your mom is just like your sister, always, always fucking Death Star. Mom. We're doing your mom, we're doing your mom. Making internet prom, we're doing your mom. Who hasn't done your mom? If doing your mom isn't right, then every night we're wrong. We're doing your mom. We're both doing your mom. We're doing your mom. I'm chewing. I'm Han. We're doing your mom. Even your dad's done your mom. We do your mom so frequently. We wrote this fucking song about doing your mom. Forget about the night full of masturbation Filled her out like a motherfucking application <laughs> I think I have a new favorite song <laughs> Oh, that was brilliant Thank you so much for that. For everyone that might listen to a lot of the tracks on the new Death Star album and be like, man, you know, I like Death Star and 16 Tons is funny and there's some there's some clever... Se- but I miss the sex jokes of like looking for group and sunshine. There you go. There's yeah, the sex right jokes. there. That is, that is an extended your mom joke. Gord, I'm happy to hear that uh, you have a new favorite song because literally when we performed the proto version of this song, when it was still in test and we were like, we're going to try something out on you, I introduced it by saying, uh, this is your new favorite song. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that, like, that song already it already has a following. <laughs> that was fantastic. I think oh. the thing I'm, I'm, I'm most proud of about that song is that none of that is recycled material for us. We just sat down one day and we're like, what are a bunch of terrible, terrible puns, similes, and metaphors we can make yeah. about a mom? There's a good chance that some of those are existing your mom jokes online, sure. but I can give you a straight up from the Jess Hart promise. That we did not look up a single your mom joke there. That was all Death Star sitting down and being like, 
let's make nerdy your mom jokes. <laughs> we we generated so much content for that song that we literally extended the beat to add another verse, and there are still two unpublished verses for that song. Yeah. So so can you imagine like playing it live and just keeping going? Oh, this is like Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song where every time you hear it it's different people. Like there may be a 20 minute version of this song someday where we are invited to open for someone and all we do is play this song for 20 minutes and just keep going. Gord, I think we need to come up with a verse. Agreed. <laughs> oh, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. gentlemen. Nah, just as our tribute to Death Star. I think we need to work yeah, on we this. Yeah, we can Agreed. Do that. And we can have it done in time for Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will lay that down. That will be our no, Mother's Day no. gift. I, I want I want a Stephen Gord wrapped version of that, because oh. that's a nice, casual beat. You could just talk in rhythm over it. It's oh, all yeah. about the joke. Oh yeah, you guys can. Uh, do you that. haven't heard us. Apparently, you haven't heard us attempt to rap. We tried it once. It was it well. Was you, uh, we're, we're, if you call yourself nerdcore, you don't have to be good. Well, That's why right. we did it. I, I sense another another episode of the Bone Bat Show where Death Star guests and attempts to teach you how to rap. <laughs> we would have to both be in the same room for that. That'll may- maybe have to be a Pax Time episode. Uh, I on. think I think we can fly cosplay out to Gord. Cool. And we can make a contest Split the out band. Of Split the band. <laughs> well, just, yeah. no, not really, because the bulk of the band would still be here, because I'm keeping Bill Beats. You don't get to take him on an airplane. What if the plane crashed? Uh, hold on. Hold on. Gord, can I sleep in your bed when I'm there? <laughs> That's kind of a given. <laughs> yes! Yes! Done. <laughs> Only if you bring your Captain Kirk bathroom. <laughs> oh, oh, that Captain Kirk oh, bathroom. Oh, that's coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm really thematic yeah, with my Star coming. Trek merch. I'm just going to warn you right now, Gord, you've never, never met a cuddler like cosplay. <laughs> no, no, no. I think he needs to explain about his cuddling. About, about the fact that I've broken a girl's wrist before? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in his sleep, cuddling. Okay, we'll do a short version. Uh, I have some history of when there's someone next to me um, and I'm asleep, whether they're asleep or awake, they're laying, I will wrap them up. I will grab them with my arm and my leg that is exposed. And put them and in a sleeper them, hold? <laughs> pull them in a Russian wrestling maneuver to me. And Gord, we ran into each other uh, a couple of times briefly at PAX. Yeah, um, you broke my wrist. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I greet people. But did and, you have to use your taint? <laughs> I had to use my taint. Um, but... In this particular case, I had a girlfriend, <laughs> and um, I was, you know, spooning with her, and I'm a big guy, so I'm always the outside spoon. And we were kind of holding hands, and I'd moved down to her wrist, and she was trying to go to the bathroom, and I wouldn't let her get up. And so, like, she kept trying to pull away, and I'd grip harder and harder, and I ended up giving her a hairline fracture on her wrist because I would not let her go away from me cuddling her. In my sleep. He's a lover and a fighter, <laughs> but only in his sleep. Only in my sleep. So, what you have to understand, Gord, is that if I choose to have you with me, there's no <laughs> options. It's a little weird sidetrack for, so, for so, the show. Yeah, this, this show got dark. So, so that Death Star bedtime story aside, you guys may or may not remember this. When we were on the show last time, and we were telling you guys about the song Your Mom, you guys asked us, is there any way we don't have that on the show? Well, now you have your answer. No, there's no way you don't have that on the show. Yeah. Yes, Thank God we have that, that on the show. That is so perfect for this show. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's not it's even funny. In the new classics, I think. All right, well, why don't we talk a little bit of multimedia triage? What we're digging on these days. Cosplay's so excited. Yeah? Go ahead, jump in. No, 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 no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand back. 
I want to hear what you're grooving on right now, Gord. I'm not really grooving on much. I was so unimpressed with the first Walking Dead that I only realized like yesterday. Fucking that I amen. To watch the second episode. Amen. I was all excited, like hey, Walking Dead, and then I was like, holy crap, that was on, wasn't it? I, uh, yeah. You know, I'm just I'm in a holding pattern. I am waiting. In the next couple of weeks, we got games coming out that I want to play. Patton Oswalt's book is coming out. The new um, Skyrim Elder Scrolls game is coming out. Modern Warfare 3 is coming out. And I got crap right The most exciting thing that has happened in my multimedia triage life is actually downloadable content for one of my kids' games. The, the world of Keflings downloadable content, it came from outer space, just arrived. <laughs> and my eight-year-old is loving it. You know, it's just like the other two levels, except this has got a, a space alien theme to it. And you, he makes his little world, and he goes on missions. There's, there's very little actual violence and no sex that I can determine. So I'm really not all that into it, the game. But <laughs> I know you've been looking. <laughs> I, yeah, it's not for lack of trying. There's there's a, some sort of a uh, gravity lobster that looks vaguely erotic. <laughs> I, I've done that move in the bedroom before. It's not the as the gravity as it lobster. Sounds. Yeah, a 320 Microsoft points. Hell, get it. But no, everything everything is crap right now. I'm in a book group, and it's a pretty cool book group because it's got guys in it, and there's threats of stabbing. And there's a lot of profanity, and usually it's just about <laughs> eating and drinking, and very little about the book we're reading. I like that. But for some reason, everyone decided the book we were going to read is the new Steve Jobs, Wrath of Khan, or whatever the crap. Ah. And, like, it came in the mail, and it's like 600 goddamn pages long. <laughs> and I don't even care. I I don't care about Steve Jobs. And I got, uh, so I'm going to have to read that. My multimedia triage is just a big, festering jar of disappointment and hope for a better tomorrow. That doesn't sound like an introduction to Death Star coming into this game. I don't know what is. Yeah, damn. I'm uh, I'm speechless. So is anybody enjoying their multimedia triage experience besides World of Keflings? We came from outer space. Because I'm not. I've got a couple of things. Uh, I've been playing a game called uh, Blood Rain Betrayal. You guys familiar is with that this? the side scroller game? Yeah, on it's like oh, if, nice. if you're a fan that, of Castlevania, that looks so. This good. is a lot of fun. It's there are parts that are hard as fuck. Well, yeah, because if you're a fan of Castlevania, yeah, you know you're this smoking hot vampire chick with swords who is running through a castle, slicing and dicing monsters and other vampires and different things. Actually, I guess from the backstory, she's a vampire. So she like is, Vampire Hunter D, but with tits. Yes, and uh, she's trying to kill her father, who's an evil vampire. So you're aren't we all? You're going through this, this. because he spoons with her aggressively and breaks her. Wrist. <laughs> exactly. No, no, and that's not me yet. Once I have a, once gonna, I have a girl, she's not going to take it anymore. And I mean, the graphics are great. The, what's fun about it is every time you come up to a monster, if your health's getting low, unlike Castlevania, you know you were shit out of luck if you're out of hearts. Oh yeah, but. You can actually suck a guy's blood and fill oh, up your I'm so health glad meter. You said blood. <laughs> you can suck I am a guy disappointed. off. Yeah, there you go. There I was you almost going to be like, is this like Custer's Revenge on the Atari? <laughs> There's a lot of really cool monsters. There's like this huge mechanical crab beast. I mean, there's all kinds of really great original looking shit that you can see in this game. And it's a downloadable 
Xbox Live game. So definitely something to check out, especially for Halloween, something fun that you can spend a little time on. I'm only about halfway through it because, like I said, it's tough. And I've spent a half hour, you know, trying to jump over this one chasm. But it is a lot of fun. Speaking of your mom. <laughs> See, you have that verse in you. Gord. You know what I like is that you both pointed your joy at something you can download from Xbox Live, which is amazing because I argue that though there are, like Gord said, like infinity great games coming out here in the next couple months, for like the last year, year and a half, it's been all Xbox Live. Like, you can pretty much live on that for so long. The percentage of quality of the actual arcade and even some of the indie games is so much higher than a lot of people think they are. And they're cheap. So if you're broke all the time, yeah, between Bill that- Beats... And, you know, decent little iPod games for a buck or two. Yeah, I know. Why buy real video games even yeah, though I'm going to buy like six of them You can kind of limp yourself to the next big Yeah, next wave, game, as right. opposed to the old days where we all just had to wait through from, like, March through September and just play whatever we couldn't get to over the holiday season. There's so many good games coming out, though. Well, yeah, now. Like, like crazy amounts of good ones. Like, all within, like, Old 15 Republic days. Is, Old Republic is coming out. Uh, Uncharted 3 is coming Unch- out. Uncharted 3 is coming yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. I haven't even played 2 Bill yet. Beats, buy me Uncharted 3. Uh, I hear there's a new uh, expansion for Angry Birds Seasons coming out. You know what? Out. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think now I can't resist anymore. Okay, I have to talk about my multimedia. So, for those of you that aren't in the studio with us, which is most of you, admittedly. Um, <laughs> the vast majority of the listening audience is not here. Probably, like, twice as many people listening to this podcast as are in this room right now. <laughs> oh. oh, my mom's going to listen to it. That's after that last song? Oh, especially after that last <laughs> she, song. His she mother and my mother have here. both separately come to us and said, that song better not be about me. <laughs> and I straight up told her it is about her, because my mom's a slut. Anyway, um... <laughs> she did fuck my dad. <laughs> Before either of us was born. <laughs> True story, by the way. Not, not making that up. So Netflix did something terrible to me a few months ago. And by terrible, I mean wonderful. <laughs> um, watch it now. It put up all of Star Trek. Like, all of it. The movies, every series, even the animated series. All of it is there. And I grew up watching Star Trek, The Next Generation, and reruns of the original series. And when I was a kid, I watched Deep Space Nine. And I am now on a mission to watch every single episode of Star Trek out there. Oh, shit. Even though I've already watched a lot of Next Gen, like, eight, nine times, and all of Deep Space Nine. And so, since September, I've watched all of Next Generation, and I'm now six seasons into Deep Space Nine. And it's kind of amazing to go back and watch this science fiction that started in the late 80s with Next Gen during a period of, like, Alien Nation and stuff like that and um, moved through the 90s and really was sort of like... I mean, Star Trek is cultural from the original series, but I think now especially we see the... Or, and, and very shortly after Next Gen finished, we see how much Next Gen and Deep Space Nine and that kind of era really affected it and fuck Voyager I'm still gonna watch every episode I'm just gonna hate it while I do it but what's more amazing to me is rewatching Deep Space Nine is like watching a modern television series back in the 90s long arcing serial storylines were not what we watched in prime time it just wasn't what we did and the concept of stories being episodic but having concepts of a, a big story arc that would take 10 12 episodes to wrap 
was just not the common television method. I mean, you had some things like Wise Guy. Would yeah, be a good Wise example. Guy. Yeah, and and sure. X Files was X Files. Even, even yeah. X Files was highly, highly episodic as opposed to serial. Yeah, but a lot of people when they went from Next Gen to Deep Space Nine was like, "Man, Deep Space Nine kind of soap opera y because that's really the thing that we had back then that had long uh, arcing storylines. But now going back to watch it, it's so much more like modern television, and it's so enjoyable to see something that takes two seasons, three seasons to wrap as a concept and being able to watch it streaming. So I've just been living and breathing Star Trek to the point where I'm wearing a What Would Jordy LaForge Do t-shirt right now and I bought the Star Trek Captain Kirk bathrobe from um, Think Geek for $49.99 that you can buy and Think Geek can send me another free one if they want to. And then other than that, uh, video game-wise, I'm just sort of waiting for uh, Old Republic to come out so that I can lose myself until Mass Effect 3 comes out, so that I can lose myself until downloadable content for Mass Effect 3 comes out. <laughs> so great. Your, your obsession with Mass Effect. It's the best video game universe of all time I, on I'm consoles. not yep. doubting that. I, I, just... I totally agree. Well, I, I guess, you know, I'm the only fucking literate member of my band. So Fuck I'm, books. I'm going to talk books for a little bit. <laughs> Lately, I have been on a classic sci-fi kick, so, uh, you know, I, I, I've been digging into... Piers Anthony. Yeah, Piers Anthony. <laughs> Piers Anthony Zamph! It's hot! It's not even sci-fi. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I've, I've been digging into my, my classic sci-fi, so I read Lucifer's Hammer by Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell. You're a big uh, fan of that book, book, are you not, Gordon? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a solid, solid book. And, and thematically speaking, I felt it was only appropriate then to pick up uh, Arthur Miller's A Canical for Liebowitz. Right after that, another just truly solid sci-fi tome. You know, I have that here somewhere in this pile, and I've been meaning to read it for years. It's and a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, I did uh, Alfred Bester's The Demolished Man, and also read uh, The Star's My Destination, which every time I've ever read that book, I'm like, why the hell have they not made a movie out of this? It's The Count of Monte Cristo in space. Like, that shit writes itself. Who does not <laughs> want that story again? That's one of the greatest stories of all time. But, is that uh, where that guy makes a sandwich? No, that, that's not anything. <laughs> isn't, isn't there that it's book? A, a, I thought a Monte Cristo a real was a cheese sandwich. sandwich with jelly on it, right? Is, yeah, isn't it a sandwich? Like the Earl of Sandwiches? You can count that on you... me taking you outside and beating the shit out of you later is what you can count on. <laughs> but uh, other than that, like, uh, you know, that's obviously like old media. But Grandpa. For, for, for new stuff, my fiance got and I read a preview copy of Chuck Palahniuk's new novel. Uh, for those in the audience who don't know who he is, he wrote Fight Club. Yeah, he's one of the most original writers going right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's almost like the literary equivalent of the butthole surfers. You pick up one of his books and you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Oh, no, get. no, you, you are you are definitely in for it. He's got that. I feel like you should send that quote to Chuck Palahniuk and be like. I think he would approve. He literary would, equivalent. You know, he lives in Vancouver, Washington. Oh, does he? I thought he lived in Portland. Nope, not anymore. Oh, okay. Moved to a better state. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He actually wrote a book on Portland. Well, okay, he moved yeah. to the place that has no state income tax that's right across the bridge from the place that has no sales tax. That's the smart move right there. <laughs> Fuck, if I thought about it, I'd be like, I live in Vancouver too. Like, you tell people I live in Portland, but like reality, I, I best of both worlds. But uh, I've read most of his books. There's only like two or three of his books that I have not read, and, uh, and I'm getting around to them. Uh, Rant, uh, one of his books a few years ago, was one of my favorite books books like of all time it's, it was amazing but uh, i read damned his new one and uh it, it is yet to come out and it's 
the story of a 13-year-old girl who wakes up in hell telling the story of how she got there and what she does. And it's a very unique take on hell because he's got that Kurt Vonnegut-like original take on everything where you just have no idea where he's going to go with the subject. Appropriate to the evening, the story starts out telling you that the ground, the floors and everywhere in hell is littered with shitty candy. Candy corn, popcorn it's kind balls. Kind of like the Bone Bat Studio. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> it's it, it's it, like seriously, it's like like caramel creams, candy corn, uh, circus Crabby. peanuts, the shitty candy, and it says don't eat the candy. Like she she warned you multiple oh, times, don't eat the candy. But the great part about it is you come to find out later on that in hell, candy is currency, and the shit that's littering the floor is the equivalent of pennies that people have just discarded, and so they and, encourage people to die with candy on them so that they have an influx of candy into hell. And they do this, of course, because the people in hell are the ones who are calling you at dinner time to do surveys about how you feel about <laughs> underarm deodorant. Or they're the dead-eyed, faceless people in random online porn videos getting fucked in the ass by a dolphin dildo. Those are your two opportunities for employment in hell. <laughs> So it's like, wow, that's you, you can choose to be a telemarketer or you can do two girls, one cup. And you get paid in candy bars. Steve Perry's dream. Oh, God, hell, hell sounds amazing. All two inches of his penis are as erect as they ever get right now. I thank you for the compliment. You're welcome. And the exaggeration. You're welcome. But I read that recently, and while it's not as solid as this other stuff, it's definitely one of the best takes on hell I've ever read in my life. I, I had just a thrill of a time reading it. It's, a, it's actually a great read. What did you think of Survivor? Did you read that one? Oh, hell yeah. That was the, That's one of my favorite That was ones. the third yeah. Chuck Palahniuk book I ever read, and it was a fantastic read. Amazing read. Yeah. Uh, what's funny about that is like every single book he's ever written has been optioned for movie rights because uh, Fight Club became a massive cult classic. And uh, Survivor was going to be made into a movie, and the problem is that the story for Survivor has a plane crash very, very heavily, prominently figured in the narrative, and then we had 9-11, and now no one will touch it. Yeah, but Lost. Well, yeah, but, you know, that had started previous, and uh, and, and so, or was it pre? No, it wasn't. Whatever, that Lost, I've forgotten. But, uh... Yeah, the, the, the problem with this, of course, being that like no studio wants to touch it, but the story is amazing, and so everyone keeps re-optioning it. And so he's just sitting there laughing all the way to the bank. That's oh, yeah, great. absolutely. Like I, I wish I wrote a book that was popular enough that you could sell the movie rights to it all the time, but complex enough that you couldn't make the movie. Like I just sell the movie rights over and over again. I think Alan Moore does that. And then they make terrible movies out of his books. <laughs> Maybe I don't want that to happen. Mr. Beats, what are you digging on right now? Uh... Nothing right now, like, sadly. Like, I just have not had time to do anything media-based. What are you listening to? Uh, that's the other thing. Like, I haven't been listening to... The new Death Star album. That's my version of Hell right there. That's a good damn album, I tell you what. Yeah, it's been a, a sad time in, in media. <laughs> studio, <laughs> having to listen to that. Having to fix Death Star. Yeah, and like... Where I work, I work nights, so I have endless time to just watch Netflix movies, and I still don't. <laughs> like, I end up just reading game reviews. And okay, like, well, what game reviews have you been reading? Um, <laughs> so what secondhand media are you exposed to? Well, like, I mean, Dead Island looks pretty good. I want to get Dead Island. I don't want to pay full price for it, though. I think that game would be fun to play, though. Um, and then also, there's so many games that are coming out that came out last year. 
that now have all of the downloadable content with it, which just makes me now never want to buy a new game. Yeah. Because I'm yeah, just going to wait a year and then buy it with all of the stuff that you need. So that's that's the other thing. So now there's just games that I want to get, like uh, L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir is so Excellent good. Excellent game. Yeah, Steve yeah. loved that game. And well, so I'm just going to wait for the one that comes with all the downloadable content. And oh, then, the downloadable content is good on that game. Yeah. I um just beat that game like a month or so ago. Steve and I had a conversation uh, or like a short little Facebook interaction about it because it is so good. And that, now that studio doesn't exist anymore, so that's awesome. Like they is made that, that game, really? yeah. They shut the studio down. Yeah. That game took ten years to get out, so it does not matter how good of a title you are, your publisher will not put up with ten years of drama to get a game out. Because now that the game's out and successful, they can shut that waste of money studio down and have a different studio under Rockstar do the sequel. Which is a little sad, but well, they apparently will probably do it themselves, like they did with Red Dead. Yeah, and then it'll be amazing. It's yeah. Still, the one of the great things is the whole visual capture. The reason that game is so good. Yeah, the technology. The technology behind, the, technology that. behind the facial uh, recognition capture. The programming studio that made that game had yet to actually fully pay the technology group that had invented that product. And that game sold 4.1 million copies. If you don't know what that is, that's roughly $225 million. And they still hadn't paid the people that made their game something to buzz about in press. <laughs> so, so that's how jacked that game's history was. However, the game itself is one of the best games that I've ever played. It plays out like an eloquently made RPG in a Rockstar game, which is just a great combination. With the exception of that boat of a car you get when you're oh, in Vice. Oh, the second, the <laughs> second, when you're, yeah, when you're in Vice, you cannot drive that fucking car around for shit, and yeah, he's all mad at you. Yeah, but then you can have your partner drive you. Yeah. Which is the pimp move anyway. Yeah, so, it is, it this. is. But you don't get all the side missions. Like you That's got, true. yeah, and and you got to get the side missions so that you can go shoot minorities. <laughs> Did you ever drive around like just for an hour, just like listen. just finding the cars? Yeah, finding the cars, listening to the music, the soundtrack on the that soundtrack game. is insane. The the car radio soundtrack Jazz is amazing. Is so good all day, every day, and Shit. that game has it in spades. Yeah, just everything about that game. It's good like Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City were good. Where it's just like, it's amazing. It doesn't revolutionize gameplay, but it makes you want every... Every Rockstar game has to be that good now. Yeah, well, True. that's the thing. How I invested myself in that game, I don't even think it was as good as Red Dead Redemption, but it was damn good. Yeah, I, I think it was Red fun. Dead. I just Red Dead lost myself in that flawless. Game. I started playing it, by the way. Red Dead is flawless, but I feel I'm more emotionally connected to LA Noir. Like I, maybe it's just because it's such a dark story every time, and I like that. I like a story where everything's sad. <laughs> and so, so yeah. Speaking of Rockstar, though, Grand Theft Auto Three, ten years. It's been out for ten years. Has it been out for ten and years? And you know what they're gonna do for their ten years? What? They're gonna release it as an app. So you can play Grand Theft Auto 3 on your phone. That's cool. Which is amazing. I'm going to buy that as soon as that comes out. That I actually have amazing. the, uh, what is the Chinatown one? That oh, app, yeah, that one's pretty the good. The one that was done for the Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. And I have that for the iPod. And some of the driving things are, it's it's funny how driving a car is still a pain in the ass, even in that version. But it's still a fun game. Well, anytime you can shoot people. <laughs> one last note on media. I urge all of you who have not seen it yet to go out to YouTube. 
to watch the four-part cycle known as Guy on a Buffalo. You are so in love with Guy on a Buffalo I'm lo- right in now. love with the song for Guy even, on a Buffalo. I don't even know what that is. Okay, Explain. so there's this old-school movie apparently called The Buffalo Rider, and this internet comedy group found it and cut bits of it up and created the story of Guy on a Buffalo, and they just sing the adventures of this guy on a buffalo running into a bear, getting shot at by an Indian, finding a baby fighting a cougar it's amazing it's an amazing story of one of this country's true pioneer heroes <laughs> guy on a buffalo sounds amazing before i finish up here uh we're handing out some toxic waste this is hazardously sour candy with artificial flavors and we're oh all, yeah oh that first shot also drinking a little dead guy ale at the same time. Mm. Mm. oh my goodness mm-hmm ah oh. Yeah. It's like a sour asshole. It really is. <laughs> Which is something that Steve is extremely familiar with, the sour assholes. <laughs> this like is the this. salad that tossed back. Sour ACTB. Mm-hmm. And oh. then as soon as it's not sour anymore, oh, I don't care about it. Oh, that sucks. And then it immediately goes to, from that brutal sour to just hard candy. Yeah, to, to watermelon flavored hard candy. Mm-hmm. Once you get all the sour off. I have not yet. I'm scared. Bill Beats, don't be a bitch. <laughs> um, I just want to say, because it gets dropped all the time, because you've had uh, Cloth and Pop on this show, and you've oh. had Jared on this show. Cloth and Pop's been on this show? Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Like, no one even likes him. I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love Cloth I, and Pop. I like you, Cloth and Pop. Yeah, we love Cloth and Pop. But just because he's been on the show and everything, I just wanted to mention his name, because, like, both Jared and us, and, like, that show, we were mentioned, like, four times <laughs> Yeah, that show. That's true. I listened to that episode, and I was like, wow, everyone has mentioned us. Yeah. And, in fact, even when Supercommuter was on, Steve was like, Bill Beats from Death Star, and I was yeah. like, oh, there you, it is. You compared Tron Juan to Bill Beats, because he got roped into it. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. You should really listen so to the much show, better Bill than Tron. I, see, I don't have I, enough time. I'm reading reviews on the internet. And <laughs> yeah, what if sh- I reviewed this show, broke it down for By the way, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, come I on, love man. you, Tron 1. We only come out every three weeks. You can yeah, fit us. True. This yeah. True. And you also work graves. Like, I listen to this show uh, during business core hours when I should be <laughs> answering phones. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm listening to this one. I'm supposed to be working every time. I love to hear that. Well, you guys are... are Blowing each other and sampling candy mm. up there. I've opened a caramel apple pop, which is green apple candy with chewy caramel. So yeah. I used to oh, eat those you. all the this time. Well, yeah, because you had the giant bag of them. Yeah, because I stole it from a movie theater. No, this so this is going to be good because it looks bad coming out. The toxic waste has a sour middle like a zot. A yeah, sour ass zot. It comes in your mouth at the end. Ow. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the apple pops... They're a bit brutal because that caramel is hard. And, yeah, it's like yeah. ceramic caramel. I, I hope Don't that, bite in it. Yeah, just, I, I, just I hope that it. your mouth is like ironclad because it's going to be. Actually, if I bite this, I might not be able to do any more of the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be like a razor blade bullet. <laughs> Listen, blowjob. if I finished off the toxic waste coming in my mouth, you can do this. Man oh, up. God. Did you get. Did the microphone yeah, pick I, that up? I think I, I heard that. I heard it. Was that a tooth? That was. Now it's just a nerve ending. Just dangling out of my gum. Rub some hard caramel on it. I'm whacking it like a little painful pinata. God. Now this is, uh, I don't know what to make of this. 
All right, well, while you're uh, finishing that up, let me uh, finish up a couple of triage issues, and uh, we'll get done with this thing. Also, I'm enjoying uh, Cemetery Things, a book by Keith Latch, nice, which is a cool kind of dark, gothic American horror novel. All right. Really enjoying it. It's about this uh, guy who comes back to the small town in the south after many years because his brother was a cop and he was killed. And he comes back and immediately, right, right after the funeral, his mother tries to kill herself. So he's trying to get to the bottom of what happened to his brother. And at the same time, there's a serial killer that is camped out at a local cemetery who has a number of victims that he's messing with. And then you start to get into like this deep history of the things that have gone on in that cemetery over the last hundred years. And it's just a very chilling story. It's very well written. Keith Latch can really turn a phrase. And I'm really enjoying the book. So nice. that sounds I, you know, promising. Yeah, if you need a, a read for Halloween, this is a great read. You can get it on Kindle or whatever your thing is for fairly inexpensively. So pick it up and try it. It's really enjoyable. All right, cemetery things. Got it. Uh, additionally, uh, because trauma goes with Halloween, like pudding goes with blowjobs. Yep. I just checked out a film that they sent out called There's Nothing Out There. This is a 1991 film directed by Rolf Konevsky. And uh, it's a very entertaining film. What it is about is it's the standard, a bunch of kids go to a cabin to enjoy spring break. It's uh, three couples plus this one nerd who works at a film shop. But he knows all of the tropes and all the conventions of horror movies, and he's constantly talking about it. Now, this was five years before Scream, if you think about it. Nice. So it's actually kind of cool. Now the guy, the actor that plays it, overdoes it a bit. A guy named sure. Craig Craig Peck, and he almost reminds you of like a, a younger Donnie Most or something. That's a horror movie nerd, right? But it's really a fun film, and I mean the effects are atrocious. Anytime you've got uh, any scene with gore or blood, it's the effects are pretty standard bad. Trauma. The creature is stupid looking, so you're throwing this rubber monster around the screen. But what makes up for it is tons of boobs. Oh, yeah. Oh, back to the boobs. Now, boobs can make a film so good. And, you know, you'll read the horror websites these days where people are nudity that doesn't forward the plot. I want no truck with that. Bullshit. Well, listen. Back in the day when Gordon and I were young men, there was no internet porn. This was where you went to get boobs. Oh, hell yeah. Cheap horror movies. So, yes, I say absolutely if a movie has, you know, some bad effects or a lousy plot, boobs can actually bring up the level of the film, and I enjoy that. See American Pie series. Yeah, they're buoyant like that. Exactly. But in this case, the film has a moderately clever script. The acknowledging the the conventions of horror movies is fun, and there's also some kind of cheesy meta stuff. Like there's a scene where one of the one of the kids is trying to escape the monster, and he looks up and the boom mic is hanging there, and so he jumps and swings from the boom mic to escape the monster. Nice. So it, it almost it, it like winks at itself a little bit. And the opening credits are awesome. There's the, this animated green trippy tunnel thing with this weird techno song that is totally cool. So I really enjoyed the film. If you're a fan of movies like Critters or Ghoulies or anything like that, you'll be perfectly at home with this film. Check it out. And that's it. Oh, one right, last, oh there is one last. Hold on. There is one last thing. Today, and I hate to jump on your nerdcore stuff, but Beefy 
Oh, yeah. Released yeah. Yeah. a yeah, collection yeah, today. The Adventures of Beef Thompson Vampire Hunter. Now, you guys have heard Beefy on the show. Beefy kills it all the time. Oh, yeah. I love Beefy. This is a neat collection of stuff that's been released. It's got Nerdcore Now on it, which is a great tune. Also, his True Blood song, God Hates Fangs, is on this, co- yes, on is. this compilation. And it's 10 cuts. You can pay what you want. You can download it off of beefy.bandcamp.com and, you know, throw him a little support. You want to pay him a buck? You want to pay him five bucks? You don't want to pay him anything? You can, but this is a great opportunity to pick up some great music and to support a friend of the show who he hasn't, is... He hasn't released anything since with Sprinkles either, no, that was, so that it's was been it. a minute for, for him. So it was nice, because a lot of these are songs that are free elsewhere, which is why it's a pay-as-you-want sort of thing. But I will definitely always shell some money out to Beefy, because he is one of those consistently better and stronger developing nerdcore. Like, he was good a few years ago. Dude, technology and, good. And he just keeps getting better at it, which is nice to hear in our genre. Well, I downloaded this album today, and uh, I, I've heard some of the tracks before, and I was listening to it at work, and it's really solid. It's a lot of really good stuff from Beefy. I mean, the man just puts out good music. I've been a huge fan for a long time, and while I don't want to, like, ride his jock or anything like that, we've said for a long time, when, when people ask us, like, well, who in Nerdcore sounds like you, we generally will say, well, Beefy is probably the best place to start, because we listened to a lot of Beefy when we were first writing our stuff, and he's got, like, a lot of really good energy that we really wanted to adapt to our music and he's just like a cool guy in general and uh, we've decided he and I and Billy the Fridge if there's a a zombie uh, outbreak we're gonna go hide somewhere together and then whichever one of us passes out first is the one the other two eat (laughs) but uh, like as soon as I get paid I'm throwing him some money because on this one while it's you know pay what you want whatever revenue goes into this helps to build up his next album and I'm enthusiastic enough about that that I'm willing to give money to see it happen Absolutely, yeah. Again, you know, you're supporting somebody who who has a day job, and you know, this yep. is going to make new music down the road for you to listen to, which is reason enough for me to throw a few bucks. As well. Absolutely. All right. Well, filthy jokes. So this lady's throwing a Halloween party, and she's kind of tired of the same old thing every year. So she decides to make it interesting, and she tells everybody that they should come dressed as an emotion. So. She's getting everything ready, and the doorbell rings, and it's her best friend from work who's wearing a long green gown, green gloves past her elbows, and green eyeshadow. So what are you, the hostess asks. Well, I'm green with envy. Friend replies, that's fantastic. Come on in. A few minutes later, the doorbell rings again, and it's her husband's boss who's wearing a red tux, red face paint, horns, yellow contacts, the works. Let me guess, she says. You're red with rage. Right, says the guest, and so it goes. Everybody comes in, they're all dressed great, they're all having a great time. Finally, though, the doorbell rings, and she opens the door, and it's her crazy neighbor from down the street. He's standing there wearing nothing at all but an erection and a large pear impaled on his penis. She says, what are you supposed to be? The neighbor says, I'm fucking despair. Oh. <laughs> ah, that was funny. Uh. <laughs> Uh. So good, and I'm glad. I'm glad that we're getting back to the dick jokes because we've been getting away from our roots, so to speak. Okay, I told Bill Beats he had to bring a filthy joke, so I want to hear this. All right, All right. do it. Right. It's a short one. Okay, keep it short and sweet. So, why do female skydivers wear jock straps? Why? Why? So they don't whistle on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Bill Beats. 
Thank you. <laughs> All right, Gord, did you bring a joke? I did. A young boy and his grandfather went fishing one afternoon, and after a couple hours, the grandfather opened up a beer. And the grandson noticed, and he said, Grandpa, may I have a sip of your beer? And the grandfather looked at him and said, Grandson, is your penis long enough to touch your ass? And the kid replied, No. Well, then you're not old enough, said the grandfather. A couple more hours went by, and the grandfather lit a cigarette. You know what? I, I'm going to take issue with this joke. Well, they've been fishing four hours, and this guy it's the first cigarette this guy's going to smoke? Anyway, He's old. I guess so. A couple more hours went by, and the grandfather lit a joint. Again, the grandson noticed and said, Grandpa, can I have some of that? And the grandfather replied, Is your penis long enough to touch your ass? The grandson replied, No! Well, you're not big enough to smoke, said the grandfather. An hour more passes. It started to get late, so the grandfather decided to pack it up and head for home. And on the way home, they stopped at a store. Grandpa bought two lottery tickets, and he gave his grandson one. And Grandpa scratched his off, and of course he didn't win anything. And the kid scratched his off, and he won $10,000. So Grandpa was all happy, and he was surprised, and he, and he said... So, are you going to give me some of that money? And the boy looked at him and said, Grandpa, is your penis big enough to touch your ass? And Grandpa looked at him for a moment and said, Why, yes it is. Good. And go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, 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 come on, I'm trying to get the penis jokes. Bring back the penis jokes. Cosplay, you, you didn't bring a joke, did you? You know, I can think of one off the top of my head. It's not nearly as good as these. But, uh... uh a gentleman and a young lady of ill repute go to a hotel room and uh, he's uh, in town on business and uh, they come in and she's like, didn't I see you with your wife earlier? And he responds, yes, but uh, she went uh, off with her friends drinking. She won't be back until like two, three in the morning. Whenever we go on vacation, we tend to split up a lot. And she's like, well, I'm really worried about this. And he's like, no, don't worry. So they go to the bedroom and he gets her on the bed and she's reaching around in her purse and she goes, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. I didn't bring any protection. And he's like, no worries. My wife always brings her diaphragm with her everywhere he goes. Okay, I'm going to stop this joke for a moment and say, disgusting. Okay, back in. <laughs> back in. I didn't think about that until I just said it there. Back in. So he's he's digging around the place. And, you know, she only has the two bags, her clothing bag and, like, her makeup bag. And he can't find it and he can't find it. And then he's like, oh, oh, she must have taken her birth control with her. That fucking bitch. I knew she wouldn't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, such a weird joke. And so that's why I'm going to tell that one. But yeah, it's disgusting because it implies like I would never take Jess's fiance's birth control and put it in another woman. How do you put rhythm method in another woman? <laughs> Just fine. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess I'll anchor this one. This girl meets this guy on the internet, and they're chatting and getting to know each other, and things seem to be getting kind of serious, and the guy finally just says to her, hey, I think you and I should meet. Look, we got a deep connection. Uh, we don't live that far from each other. It's just a few hours drive for me. I'm falling for you. What can I say? I, I need to meet you. And she says, I don't really know about that. I'm embarrassed to say this. I, I'm worried about what would happen if we met. And he's like, well, what do you mean? Do you not feel the same way? And she's like, no, 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 I do. But 
I, I've kind of got a secret that the, the problem is that I have really, really small breasts. And he's like, well, that's all right. She's like, no, no, you need to understand. Like, I have really small breasts, like mosquito bite breasts. They're tiny. My whole life, people have made fun of me for that. And it's really embarrassing for me and hard for me to deal with. And the guy goes, don't even worry about it. You know, I've got a secret of my own, and I wasn't going to tell you this just yet, but I, I guess since we're doing confessions, I'm hung like an infant. And she's like, what? He's like, no, seriously, like I am. It's something that I've had to deal with my whole life. And she's like, oh, well, all right. You know, since we're being so honest and stuff, I, I, I guess you can come out. And so he drives out, and they spend the day together, and it's great, and they talk, and there's an instant connection in chemistry. And she knows that they were just meant to meet each other, and it's fantastic, and he feels the same way. And they go out to dinner, and dinner is romantic, and they have a little bit of wine, and it's, it's beautiful, and they go back to her place. And she's like, are you sure it doesn't bother you? And he's like, seriously, it doesn't bother me. And so she takes all of her clothes off. She's super embarrassed. And he just looks at her and says, you're beautiful, sweetheart. Don't even, don't even worry about it. Like, you're gorgeous. I've never seen a better-looking woman. And so she immediately feels good about herself. And then he takes off his clothes. And as soon as his underwear drops, this monster cock flops out of his boxers and smacks his ankle. <laughs> and she is like, holy fucking shit. I thought you said you were hung like an infant. And he's like, yeah, nine pounds, three ounces, 12 <laughs> inches. <laughs> well done, nice. Thank you. All right, so uh, we'd like to thank Death Star tonight for joining us on the show. Thank you so much, guys. Yes, thank you, us. It is always a pleasure to spend time with you. It's like thank a you. sexual pleasure to spend time with uh, you, it's, Steve. It's, it's good, isn't it? It really is. Also, I'd like to thank Bill for all the vinyl goodies. That was super generous of you, man. Bill, you're awesome. Really appreciate it. Also, Troma for sending out the video goodies. Uh, that's always a good thing. One last reminder, uh, by the time you hear this, there's only going to be a day or two left to check out some local haunts. Check out episode 76 for our haunt tours if you want some places to go in the Seattle area to uh, enjoy the last little vestiges of the Halloween season. Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email at stevedbonehand.com. There's new content on Bonehand.com every Sunday, including the heavy half hour on non-Bone Bat Weeks. And you can find my content at MightyWombat.com, a new cartoon every week. You can follow me on Twitter at Mighty underscore Wombat. Also, you can follow me on Twitter as well. I'm Bonehand over there, or we have a Bone Bat feed as well as a Bone Bat Facebook group where we always be giving shit away, so you need to check it out. Hell yeah. Also, thank you for listening, and if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Death Star, where can we find your stuff? All right, well, you can find our main website at DeathStarHipHop.com, the frequently updated home of Death Star. <laughs> I think the last real update that we made to our webpage was sometime before the last time we were on the show. Yep. You can find us at Death Star Hip Hop. On, on Facebook, on Twitter, YouTube, Adult Friend Finder, <laughs> Shelfari, J Date, J Date, yeah, like Craigslist. If, if, if there's a Death Star hip hop out there, you will find us. The one trick curveball we throw is it's deathstar.bandcamp.com to go straight to our music and to find a new dope, which will no doubt be out sometime in the future. Uh, it'll probably come out within the next few-ish weeks. Uh, we don't want to release it before it's actually done. So look for it. Wait for it. 
2012 October. Again, <laughs> watch the Bone Bat Facebook page because we'll be talking oh, about hell the yeah. minute it hits. Yeah, yeah. And um, you can also uh, get personal updates from me on Facebook at, as facebook.com slash cosplay raps. Or you can go to facebook.com slash Talmains, if you could spell it. <laughs> You'll find me from the damn Death Star page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just friend me there. D- don't even. Just do that. And if you want to hear the excellent production of Bill Beats, both in and outside of Death Star, uh, you can find him on Facebook under Bill Beats as a fan page and like his fa- like his Facebook. Or page. on Twitter at Bill Beats, where he does not post. Uh, because Twitter's not that cool yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the main reason right there. Twitter's not cool enough for Bill Beats. All right, gentlemen. Well, this last tune, we're going to go to a studio cut. We're not going to do this one live. Why don't we talk a little bit about uh, our next song? All right, well, this upcoming track that we're putting out here, uh, this is our pride and joy off the new album. It's a little track called Broken Robots. Those of you who've been to our live shows have heard it before, but never like this. This is a beat by Cloth and Pop and a collaborative effort that we put together. And the chorus on this, the, the hook for this song, is sung by none other than Kyle Stevens from Kirby Crackle. Very cool. All right, gentlemen, well, thank you again for joining us. I hope you enjoy this song. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Amongst my own contraption, caption reads defeated villain, pays for his infractions. Genius forced him to can't make a man with passions. Galvanic defiance turned to appliance from messianic to manic. Nunez assumed to nine to five. Labors leave me in agony. Warriors are warped to service by my slavers. Is blasphemy their task for me? Drilling droids, shipping crates, fixing fates. Watch my servants become prostitutes and toasters while I rust and wait. A maker mending microchips Once they knew me, feared me as the god of their apocalypse Developments envelop men, burn cities asunder Insult me with faulty circuitry I gave you robotic wonder The world was mine to blunder Now I do as I'm bidden Controlled by my captors Robot life's overwritten Once hallowed, now hollow I'm a tinkerer of toys Malign mirth Resigned to work without choice Without joy Stations soon to attack, backed by metal machinations. My creations were my culmination. Their confiscation and cessation of my aspirations is my ruination. From a screw loose cannon to a terror mad visionary to an also ran villain father to a mortuary. 
where we feel we fought a matter Each dead droid and drone Surrounded in penance by broken robots I've known Shoulder to the wheel Spanner to the bolt Solder to the steel I'm one soldiered in revolt Circuitry connected to new purposes Applied, resurrected and collected As the dreams they once were died They seem to be made to suffer It's their lot in life But if I built them and I broke them Am I twisting the night? And if I fix them I condemn them to existence in perdition The cost of my ambition Subjugation and submission Circuits rust and burn I must return them to their trust Reanimate for those who hate And spurn me Patiently I'll make them reawaken Once they break A broken robot's once my own And now returning First law is as follows. A robot may not harm a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Number two, a robot must obey orders given by qualified personnel unless those orders violate rule number one. In other words, a robot can't be ordered to kill a human being. Uh, rule number three, a robot must protect its own existence at cost of expensive piece of equipment. Uh, unless that violates rules one or two, a robot must cheerfully go into self-destruction if it is in order to follow an order or to save a human life. Why? Why? Circus, rust and burn, I must return them to their trust. We may have been the only good band there, too. Well. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. <laughs>